Welcome to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from July 1st, 1996. From the high desert and the great American Southwest, I bid you all good evening, good morning, as the case may be across this great land and all these time zones from the Tahitian-Hawaiian island chains, eastward across flyover country, all of us, to the Caribbean, the U.S. Virgin Islands. Good morning, St. Thomas. Down into South America, north to the pole and worldwide on the internet this is coast to coast am and i should begin by liking uh hoping to in fact welcoming w-e-l-i-a-m in new haven connecticut 960 on the dial and i rather imagine heard over a very wide area so good morning live talk radio has arrived Yes, we are live. No, this is not a taped repeat. Also, uh, KGFWAM in Kearney, Nebraska. Kearney, Nebraska, welcome. Well, here we go again. The Viper Militia. Now, there's a name for a militia. The Viper Militia. Viper is a snake, right? Another big militia problem. Authorities say a Phoenix group planned to launch terrorist attacks against multiple targets. They had a list. The ATF, top of the list, followed by the FBI, the IRS, the INS, uh, which would be um, immigration, social security, and the National Guard Armory. Hmm. The ATF sealed off a Phoenix neighborhood today, arrested 12 members of that group on a seven-count federal indictment, recovered automatic weapons, 400 pounds of ammonium nitrate, the same stuff that was used to take down the Murrah Federal, federal Building in Oklahoma City. The group had produced a video, the feds have got it, on the video, it shows you where to place and how to place explosives on the various buildings I mentioned in order to most easily bring them down. The age group, uh, 21 to 50 years of age, trained, we are told, in the Arizona desert, blowing up bombs, practicing uh, bombing. Federal authorities say they believe this uh, group has a loose connection to other militia groups. And so, you tell me, what is it we've got here? This militia group, that group, whatever. This is a group of people who planned an armed, uh, wanted an armed revolution against uh, our government. Right? I mean, with automatic weapons and uh, the decision apparently already made, training underway to blow up buildings, U.S. government buildings, you tell me what we've got here. Do uh, You know what I want to ask you? Do these people represent you? If there was some sort of um, revolution to begin in this country... Um, what side would you be on? Are you ready to go kill people and blow up things? Because that's what you use automatic weapons and uh, 
and uh, ammonium nitrate for um, killing people and blowing up things. I I just don't believe that the the um, average American person is at all prepared to do this. And those militias that are considering doing this sort of thing had better consider that no small armed radical group of people uh, is ever to t uh, able to take over anything that the majority or the great body of the American people are not prepared to support. In other words, they're going to be nothing short of terrorists. They're not patriots. They're terrorists. Um, if the majority of the American people were ready for a revolution, uh, then a small, determined, fringe element group might have a chance because there would be support. But I know damn well there is not. There's a small group out there, and as I've told you many times before, I get their faxes. Anybody connected with these various networks, fax networks, uh, can't avoid them. You know, the boogeymen are going to come marching in in their black uh, uniforms, in their black helicopters, and they're going to take us over and throw us into concentration camps or bend our minds or do whatever they're going to do. That kind of thinking is what leads to this kind of uh, action or planned action. So I would imagine the people in Phoenix have a lot to think about this morning. All of us have a lot to think about this morning. Or is, is, is it, I mean, are you in sympathy? Do you think it's time for this? For the bullets to fly and the bombs to go boom? You want this place to end up like Beirut? Where you've got to run through the streets, dodging bullets? Is that the kind of America people want out there? That's where it's going to lead. It's very serious. Saudi Arabia. The explosion there, boy, that looked hauntingly like the Murrah Federal Building, didn't it? President Clinton has appointed a retired Special Forces Army General to assess security worldwide. Our troops in Saudi Arabia are described as angry and very nervous. Now, it was well established over the weekend in a pathetic kind of way that the Saudis had denied the Americans, I said denied the Americans' request, to move the security fence uh, from 100 feet to about 400 feet, which of course now is being done after the fact. But we had requested this apparently to be done. Uh, we had requested this to be done some time ago, and they refused. Now, every Sunday show from Meet the Press to Brinkley questioned Secretary Perry, who was on an aircraft carrier, about exactly this, directly. Mr. Perry, Secretary Perry, is it true that the Saudis refused our request to broaden the security fence? He wouldn't answer. He just flat wouldn't answer sat there and talked about everything, but they would directly ask him, and he wouldn't answer. So, a lot of people are very angry at Secretary Marians, think that he ought to resign, and maybe he ought to. 
Uh, do you want uh, some political dancer as your secretary of defense? Hmm? Do you? Or do you want the truth? I know the relationship between the Saudis and the Americans is um, very delicate. And that's probably why he was an an giving the non-answer. But he's our Secretary of Defense. Those are our, were our GIs. I don't expect this kind of treatment from my own Secretary of Defense, and uh, as far as I'm concerned, he ought to resign. A lot of calls for his resignation. You know, there was another bomb that went off in Saudi Arabia. And before the U.S. could interrogate those who were charged with that bombing, the Saudis put their necks in a guillotine and chopped their heads off. One, two, three, four of them. So I was pretty angry, I must say, at Secretary Perry. And I wonder how you reacted when you heard it. I mean, it's been verified. So he just wouldn't answer the question. That's all. Last week, we talked about something that I've done a lot of thinking about, and I think that I've answered my own question now. And I was ruminating last week about why the NBC Wall Street Journal poll said, and there have been backup polls to this now, by the way, if you don't want to believe it, fine. Uh, but about 68% of the American people think the White House was up to no good in the FBI files case. That's almost 7 out of 10. Uh, to me, that is amazing because the FBI files thing is very serious. In other words, they were using FBI files for political um, witch hunting. That's what the American people said they believed in that poll. And yet, even today, the president in the latest poll maintains a 15-point lead. 15 points over Dole. And I think I now know why the FBI files thing has not resonated with the American people. It's because, to some degree, the Republican Party, in its desperate dislike of Bill Clinton, has cried wolf one too many times. In other words, Whitewater, let's, let's look at it, okay? Let's remember now, back to uh, from when the president uh, first took office until now. Whitewater hasn't reached the president, probably is not going to reach the president, may or may not reach the first lady, but in other words, hasn't gone anywhere really yet to the White House. Draft dodging, the American people looked at what the president did, heard all the evidence, and basically said, so what? Paula Jones, uh, president might be in trouble there, but his attorneys have apparently successfully put off the Paula Jones business until after the election. Marital infidelities, big brouhaha, but explained away on 60 minutes and basically accepted by the public. After all, they did elect President Clinton, right? Drug use. He never inhaled, remember? So the public never stoned him. Travelgate? Again, a big deal. Lots of big deals here. Proved cronyism, 
may yet go somewhere, but hasn't gone anywhere yet. Mrs. Clinton's new age dalliance? Not a make-or-a-break story, uh, period. The latest re revelations in the Aldridge book about President Clinton's supposed midnight trysts? Who knows? So it has been a litany of uh, one thing after another. The Republican Party has pounded at the president as though we're going to get you on Whitewater, draft dodging, Paula Jones, marital infidelities, drug use, travel gate, new age stuff, midnight meetings. Well, none of it had legs. At least not yet. It's not to say it won't, but it has not yet. So, in a way, the Republican Party is the party that cried wolf. And I think, I think, that that's why Filegate, which is really serious, is being treated by the American public as just one more of the above. They don't see the serious aspect to this. You know, the fact that... Uh, uh, this is a true, honest, god-awful breach of privacy. Big Brother time really is. But the American people, by now, are numb. They're numb with all of this. And it's like they've thrown a switch, and they're not hearing it. And that's what happens when you cry wolf. Finally, people turn you off. They don't listen anymore. And I think that's what's happened here. Now, there are some in Washington who are saying all of this will uh, slowly uh, get bigger and bigger and there will be a critical point of mass when the American public will say, that's it, no more Clinton. But I don't think so. I'm not a believer in that. I think that the proof so far is that we have, if anything, caused the American people to become numb on the subject. So um, that's my take on it, and uh, I'd be interested to see what you think. But I, I tried to figure that out last week. Couldn't figure out why the American people were not getting upset. Now I think I know why. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time, tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from the 1st of July, 1996. By the way, uh, Berkland's right on the money, Jim Berkland. Yes, you know, uh, he predicted uh, quakes in California. There was a 3.5 earthquake in uh, near the Bay Area on the San Andreas Fault. That is within his range and time. There was, I think, a 3.0 shaker in Washington. That may not quite make the, um, the magnitude uh, range he talked about. But we remain dead in the window. The earthquake window that he talked about. Margot Hemingway found dead. God, this is sad. Actress mo model uh, Margot Hemingway, the granddaughter of the late Nobel Prize winning novelist Ernest Hemingway, a truly beautiful woman, was found dead Monday inside her Santa Monica home. 
The badly decomposed body of the 41-year-old Hemingway discovered after friends called police saying they were worried because they hadn't seen her since last Friday. Cause of death unknown. Boy, that's weird. Margot Hemingway, dead. And a mystery at that. Bob Woodward on uh, the Sunday shows on uh, Meet the Press has written a book called The Choice. And in it, he portrays uh, both um, Bob Dole and uh, Bill Clinton. And it was interesting the way he said he went after this story. He looked at the way both men, Dole and Clinton, when it comes down to crunch time, make decisions. And he portrays Bob Dole as, what I'm sure he is, a decent person who, in fact, has a center but cannot articulate it. That's what I think, too. There's got to be more to Bob Dole than a lot of people believe. And I'm one of them. There's got to be more to this guy. I want to interview Bob Dole. Somebody like me has got to do it. We've got to do it. We've got to get Bob Dole. And I don't mean in a 15-minute sit down, answer all the important questions, kind of meet the press interview. I mean a sit down, let's meet Bob Dole. Let him sit at home on the telephone, wherever he is. He can, I hereby invite him. I've done it. And I will give him a good and fair interview. And I will try to find out about Bob Dole, the man, because the American people, I'm telling you, are not going to get engaged, they're not going to get excited, and they're sure not going to vote for Bob Dole until he tells us what he is about, what he wants to do as president. In other words, I know that old stupid thing, his vision. He has a hard time talking about that kind of stuff. And the only way you're going to get to it is in, in, a, in an extended nice, relaxed interview in which you get to really probe the man. Not batter him with uh, uh, questions. Uh, you can see that done on the Sunday shows or on the evening news. But try to find out about who we're dealing with here because he always talks about Bob Dole in a detached way. Bob Dole is going to do this or Bob Dole believes that. You never hear a, um, here's what I'm about, folks, you know. Here I am. Here's what I believe. Here are my firm foundations in belief, and here's how I make my decisions. You never hear that kind of interview from Bob Dole. And so somebody's got to do it, and I would love to do it. If I don't, then it ought to be Rush or somebody uh, who will give him a good national forum and just let the American people meet the guy. Does that make any sense to you? It sure does to me. Anyway, if Clinton, uh, Mr. Woodward, suggests that um, uh, Mr. Clinton has grown in office, but complained that the Clintons, uh, whether or not they are guilty of anything, consistently act as though they've just been, you know, the kid who you just caught with their, their finger in the cookie jar. And you can see they know they've been caught. 
and they've got a sinking feeling in the gut of their uh, pit of their stomach, gut of their belly, whatever, and they've got that sort of thunderstruck look on their face. And it is true of the Clintons, and that's why a lot of people suspect them, because they look guilty. What is it? Something about never, never let them see you sweat. <laughs> we'll be right back. This is Premier Networks. That was Art Bell hosting Coast to Coast AM on this Somewhere in Time. take you back to the past on Art Bell Somewhere in Time. This just came rolling in from Tom in Columbia, Missouri. Art, you may not agree, but I made this little poster for my measly contribution to the campaign. Mind you, my biggest driving force is, quote, get Clinton out of here, end quote. Dole's lack of vision or not. Sheesh. Well, <laughs> uh, Tom, your intense dislike of Bill Clinton and slogans like, get him out of here, uh, no matter what, no matter who the other guy is, that is not going to work. It's like this radio program. I'm not fool enough to come on here. When I, when I try to sell you a product or a service, you know, one of our advertisers, I don't come on here and say, hey, folks, save the Art Bell Show. Keep support the Art Bell Show. Patronize my sponsors. <laughs> There's about as much chance that you're going to go out and patronize anybody because I ask you to because you like me as the man in the moon. That's not the way you sell anybody anything. You sell people things by telling them why they need them. Uh, you sell people things by explaining how cool they are, why they are better than other things, why it's big value for the dollar. Any one of those things are valid ways to go and sell people. You uh, you sell people on why they should want or need this item, uh, but you don't uh, you don't sell them by saying simply uh, go out and save the Art Bell show. Uh, buy this. That's not going to sell anything. Nobody but a fool would go out and buy something for that reason. They buy things because it's the same reason why when, when they had the big Buy America campaign for automobiles back when America was not making automobiles that were up to par. You know, people had this big Buy America campaign. That's a bunch of bull. People don't buy America. When they go out and spend, what do you spend today? Upwards of 20 grand for a car? 15, 20 grand, whatever? You go out and get the best bang for your buck. Whether it's Japanese, Indonesian, Chinese, Russian, or Swiss, or German. You go buy the best thing you can find for the money. That's what you do. That's what everybody does. Now, they might say otherwise, but that is, in fact, with their dollar, what they do. And that was proven, a t you know, time and time again, uh, back during the um, the gas crunch. 
when Detroit had forgotten that uh, they needed to uh, uh, meet the needs of the people they served, and Japan remembered it. Of course, now things have changed, but I just give that to you as an illustration. So, with regard to Bob Dole, you're not going to sell Bob Dole by saying, I don't like Clinton. You know, I don't like Clinton. There's got to be more. There's got to be more to Bob Dole, and we've got to get to it, and we've got to get it to the American people, or there is no chance, I repeat, no chance that Bob Dole is going to win this election, period. That's how serious it is. So anyway, I've got a lot more, but uh, I'm, I guess I'm out of time, and soapbox, so I'll just go to the phones and... Uh, We'll uh, kind of drop some of the rest of this in as we go. Russian elections are coming up. Um, China is going to take back um, Hong Kong in exactly one year. And uh, that is a very interesting story. Um, they're reviewing the Motari's gay policy. Uh, there's a big story about food. I'll try to get to that as we go on. But for now, to the phones, anything you want to talk about is fair game. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Oh, no, you're not. You're a dial tone. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Good morning, Art. This is Ron in 29 Palm. Hi there. Uh, I agree with your assessment on the um, uh, crying of wolf by the Republican Party. Yeah. But I don't think you go quite far enough. If you notice, most of the uh, talk shows in the country today are conservative talk shows. Right. And the constant hammering day after day after day by these conservative talk show hosts. I know. Uh, also blends into the, plot, the problem. No, that's part of it. It is part of it. I mean, uh, there have been the Larry Nichols and people like that uh, who have been on battering, 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 battering with seemingly important, big, breaking stories that go absolutely nowhere. And after a while, the American people get sort of glassy-eyed and, and they get filled to the brim and they just can't take anymore and so when something finally comes along that really does count they go oh, oh, oh. well I, I agree but uh, it's, a, it's a known fact even today that the um, registered uh, Democrats outnumber the registered Republicans and with uh, the majority of the people out there being registered Democrats and you have this constant pounding uh, it's kind of a us-against-them kind of scenario. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, my own personal opinion, I think the, the political parties have worn out their their uh, effectiveness in this country. I think it's kind of, it's so much us-against-them mentality. Of I, war. Don't, I do not disagree with you. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, think the, the, do you think the country could survive without parties? I mean, just candidates? Uh, could it survive that? Yes, I think so. Would that be beneficial, do you think? I'm not sure. Because then you've got, for example, Italy, where they've got... I mean, any candidate basically is going to have a set of beliefs, and then a party or supporters will form behind that candidate. So what you're really asking is, could we survive, or would it be good if we had many parties? Because that's what you'd have, and that's what they've got in Italy, and that isn't too good either. Well, then how could you do away with the hierarchy that goes on in Washington, both on the Democratic side and the Republican side, where you have a, uh, a leader <clears throat> and the freshman congressmen and senators are expected to follow that leader. I mean, that, that doesn't bode well either. I mean, that's the party going to its ultimate end. 
No, it's a good it's a good point, sir. And I'm believe me, I'm thinking it over, and we all should. Uh, I don't have the answers for you, or I suppose I would, you know, myself run for office. Just something to think about. Yeah, you bet it is. Thank you uh, very much for the call. Sure is. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning. Yeah, this is the American Observer out of Houston. Uh, how you doing? All right. How are you? How are you doing? Fine. Yeah, um, like I said last time I called you, um, Bill Clinton is getting um, is getting harangued and harassed by the Republican Party, and I think the American people realize that the Republicans are looking uh, like a bunch of uh, uh, desperate uh, desperate people. Well, they have sounded a little that way over the last. Uh... A couple of years, well, you and, know, and and I I went through the litany of things, and I understand the Republicans desperately dislike Bill Clinton, but there's been an error made here, and that is uh, again that uh, in doing so much all the time, this constant pounding, when something really serious does come along, people just don't grasp it. Exactly. Exactly. I remember uh, when Bill Clinton was, uh, before he even got nominated, he was heard to be uh, uh, a favorite uh, of the Rep of the Democratic Party. There were people at my job at the time, hardcore Republicans here in Texas, mm -hmm. who were already digging up the dirt, bringing out the uh, political jokes. I mean, it was it was like uh, it was highly organized. They were already uh, berating the man. Right. And I feel sorry for him. I really do. I, I think that's why Colin Powell didn't want to run. Your life is uh, reduced to a, a constant uh, a hounding. Everybody's investigating in every corner yeah. of your life. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right about uh, Colin Powell as well. As far as uh, Bob Dole coming on your show, yeah, that ain't going to happen. His, uh, his political consultants aren't going to let him do that. And I think that's Bob Dole's problem. He's capable of charisma. Uh, when uh, he was running for president in yes, 88. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Uh, but it is not apparent when they do a little interview with him on Meet the Press and they sit there and grill him. You're not going to learn about who Bob Dole is. No. And Bob Dole, you know, I don't care. Um, I don't have that much pride uh, one way or the other. I just know I've got a big forum here. And if he doesn't come on my show and do it, he's going to have to go on somebody's show and do it. Yeah. And if he, do right. if he doesn't, he is not going to win. In 88, he gave this speech at the uh, Republican convention, the Massachusetts liberal speech. Mm -hmm. It was a brilliant piece of rhetoric. Yes. But he doesn't speak that way all the time. I don't understand it, and I think it's his political consultant. It may be. I, I appreciate your call, sir, and uh, it, it may be. He's going to have to get that kind of exposure, and I would be more than happy to provide it. I do that kind of interview, as you know. And I'm of the belief, when you interview somebody, you don't, if you're going to come at them like a, um, a like a cement mixer in the night and run them over, you're not going to find out what they're all about. Uh, the only way you do that is to sort of, um, meet them at the level they wish to be met and try to find out about them. Then you get a good interview. At least that's my that's the way I like to do it, and so I think I'd be a good one to interview Bob Dole and find out about the man and about the core beliefs. With Ronald Reagan, uh, that was always very obvious, and whether you liked or disliked Ronald Reagan, you knew what he believed, and you knew why he believed it. And so when he was going to make a decision, you could almost know exactly what it would be because you knew what he believed. And we need to find out what it is that Bob Dole believes.
and that could be done in not a short interview, but an extended opportunity to just sit down and, in effect, talk with the American people. Does that make sense to you? It does to me. That is exactly what I told his headquarters. I faxed them uh, things about the network and how many affiliates and uh, how I felt about interviewing Bob Dole. And um, we'll see. We'll see. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. Yes, you're on the air. Is this Art? Good guess. Hey, how's it going, Art? Fine. Uh, I really dug your show the other night about the uh, uh, the Birkeland earthquake stuff. Yes. Really great stuff. Thank you. Um, I had some comments about the uh, Republican issue. I sent you an email. I don't know if you got it about um, about the American distrust of the Republican Party, which I think is is the the big issue that uh, that you're kind of avoiding when you talk about um, you know what's wrong with the American. No, party. I'm not avoiding it. I, well, I think that I, I have well, I think, I think you're, deal, you're dealing with it tonight, whereas last week you didn't. Oh, um, yes, I did. Well, last week I was in the middle of trying to figure out why the American people felt that the Clinton administration had done this thing, uh-huh. were wrong, and yet still supported Bob or uh, Bill Clinton by 17 percentage points. That has dropped two to 15, but it's still incredible. Well, it is incredible, but at the same time, you have to think about the Republican Party record. I mean, you have to think about the prosecutor of, of Whitewater is Al D'Amato, who, you know, is not the cleanest uh, uh, politician around. Could and, have fooled me. I thought the prosecutor was Star. Uh, Star. I mean, I'm talking I'm, uh, the and, uh, the Whitewater Commission um, is being led by Al D'Amato. Yes, that's um, true. And you know, he's not the cleanest politician around. And you know, Newt Gingrich has dirt in his record. Um, so it seems like it seems that the Republican Party has a lot of dirt, and also the fact that Bob Dole himself was, you know, one of Nixon's greatest acolytes, um, and that seems to generate a lot of distrust from the American people. So I think uh, I, I think those are issues that that are really tarnishing the Republican Party, mm-hmm. and, and rightly so. Um, and uh, you know, so I think it says less about the American people, which was something you proposed last week, than it says about the Republican Party. All right, I I appreciate the call. Well, it's both. Um, but the American people are just, they have stopped listening. That's, I think, what's happened. There has been such a consistent pounding over things that, oh, over allegations and things that really ended up going nowhere that they've just stopped listening. That's all. Am I wrong? You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from the 1st of July, 1996. By the way, have you noticed that uh, with regard to Filegate, just about everything has been blamed on the dead guy? Vince Foster. <laughs> Vince Foster um, is is now said to have been the one who hired uh, Mr. Livingstone. <laughs> There's other people running around uh, this new book in which it is said that uh, the first lady really is the one who did it. But actually now it's going to be Vince Foster. So just about everything in Filegate, I'm sure by the time it is over, will be Vince Foster's fault. Uh, on the first-time caller line, you're on the air. Yeah, this is Bob, Yucca Valley. Hi, Bob. How are you tonight? Fine. I just wanted to comment on the uh, Saudi Arabian problem. 
Uh, yes, sir. And the communication between the Saudis and uh, our military. There was. Uh, I'm getting you, by the way, on K News here in Yucca Valley. Yes, sir. A mutual carried an item just before you came on the air, where the general or the ranking officer in uh, for the military there in uh, Saudi Arabia had not mentioned anything to his superiors about the uh, problem associated with moving those barriers further out. So I'm wondering whether Perry even knew anything about the fact that we had, through our military, requested the barriers. Well, look, sir, um, yes, he did, because he would not answer the question. Now, if, in fact, he had a lack of knowledge about that subject or had never heard it, then he would have easily come back and said, oh, no. Uh, no, there was nothing like that. Uh, the cooperation between the U.S. and the Saudis has been ideal. That's what he would have said. Instead, he did the biggest tap dance I've ever seen in my whole life around the whole question, refusing to answer it. Well, that's a possibility, all right, but I... It's, no, it's no, I, no, 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 no. It's not a possibility. No, I, I no, heard no. You're not hearing what I'm saying. Oh, now. yes, I am. <laughs> yes, I am. Uh, I worked for in Saudi Arabia for six years, from 1983 to 1990. Yes. And I worked uh, uh, for a private concern, but I was at the uh, Riyadh Airport. Right. Uh, King Khalid International Airport in Riyadh. Yes. And I worked there uh, in management. I was responsible for helping to uh, bring the new airport online in 1983. And? And then training, helping to train Saudis. Okay. To how, how, does, the how does that... How does the only it... thing I'm trying to say here, to make a long story short, is the Saudis are very, very uh, uh, intent on not wanting to uh, uh, be uh, controlled by outside forces. Oh, I agree with you there. As a matter of fact, that's uh, one of the rain, main motives uh, thought for the bombing, that we are contaminating uh, their uh, social structure there. You know, the women are beginning to get uppity and wanting to drive cars and do things like that, <laughs> all since we arrived. So that is true. But it does not bear on Secretary Perry's evasive, by omission lie, uh, with regard to uh, the request for increased security and a denial of that request by the Saudis. Man, I've never seen such a political tap dance in my whole life. That's our Secretary of Defense. And I expect him to some degree to be separated by politics, uh, from politics, uh, though I know it's too much to hope for, and tell us the truth when it has to do with the death of American GIs. Is that too much to ask? Um, on the um, a wild card line, you're on the air, coast to coast, AM with Art Bell. Hi. Hi, Art. Where are you? Uh, Calgary, Alberta, KGAI, listen to. All right. Spokane. Good. Welcome. Yeah, it is uh, an interesting uh, talk show you got. You're turning me into an insomniac, too, I might add. <laughs> but I really, uh, in the interior of uh, British Columbia, I pick you up a lot better. That's great. I have a place out there I go to regularly. But I was just going to comment on your conclusions regarding Mr. Clinton's problems and uh, why the American people have ignored the... Um, I, I have a fairly uh, intensive... Uh, uh, study uh, of the U.S. situation for my own 
information. All right, and so from outside the U.S., what can you tell us about Well, uh, I'm uh, a stock market buff. I have been for a long time, long before most people recognized it was a place to be. But uh, the stock market is a barometer of good feelings for the people in general, and I think it's a collective psychosis kind of thing. Okay. And uh, those good feelings are translated into it's okay. But when things turn bad, when the stock market uh, eventually turns down, which it probably right. will do fairly soon, yes, uh, those uh, good feelings will evaporate very fast, and the American people will then start to blame their leader for it. And it doesn't matter who they are, whether they're Republicans or Democrats. They're well, giving themselves a free lunch, I think, in ignoring the kind of... Uh, uh, integrity misadventures of Mr. and Mrs. Clinton. All right, thank you. I Look, uh, on, at one level, it doesn't matter. In other words, he's correct. As long as things are going well, money's in the pocket, people have jobs, the market is uh, booming, things are going well, people just aren't going to pay attention. That's another factor and another reason this may not be resonating with the American people. But, uh, frankly, it's, it's more than that. I mean, look at Nixon. Uh, things were um, uh, winding down. The war was ending. Um, and, and things basically were on their way back to normal. And yet, Watergate did resonate, didn't it? Hard. Well, that hasn't happened with Filegate. Not yet. Anyway. And the reason is because the American people have had their heads pounded into the sidewalk, uh, yes, by some in talk radio, uh, by the press, by the people who just plain don't like Bill Clinton. And there have been so many times that uh, the conservatives, in my opinion, have basically cried wolf, that the American people are just sort of yawning and not paying attention right now, and maybe I'm wrong about that, but I don't think so. I don't think so. So, in a kind of a strange way, the continuing pounding from the right on Clinton is now, it, it's gone so far that it's actually helping Clinton. That's what I believe. At any rate, uh, we're going to break here at the top of the hour. And you think that over. And you, you try and figure out for yourself whether that is right or wrong. And I would like to hear from you. The trip back in time continues with Art Bell hosting Coast to Coast AM. More Somewhere in Time coming up. Networks presents Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from July 1st, 1996. Good morning, everybody, and welcome again to WELI in New Haven, Connecticut. 960 on the dial, 5,000 non-directional big ones. I suspect they cover a lot of that, that country. And also, KGFWAM in Kearney, Nebraska. 1340 on the dial. Good to have you with us. 
How about that Jim Berkland, huh? How about that Jim Berkland? A an earthquake on the San Andreas Fault, uh, 3.5, in the window, now through July 6th. Did you jump a little bit when you heard about that one? <laughs> I did. All right, back to the lines. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. How in the world are you, Art? Okay. Well, good. You know, I really appreciate you. And the reason is, is you search for answers. You don't just tote the company line like another famous talk show host who shall remain nameless. Well, that's because I don't have a company line. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Uh, I'm with you. I'm uh, you with know, you. what he does is okay. Um, I, I'm a listener. I, I like Rush. Uh, but he is what he is, and I am what I am, and we are not the same things. Not at all. When you feel criticism is deserved, you criticize. When compliment, compliments in, in line, you, you, you do that. And I appreciate that about you. Thank you. Uh, Clinton, a uh, couple things, and then I just want to briefly touch on the militia. Okay, by, but, the, by the way, where are you? I'm in Arkansas. Ah, Clinton country. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I agree with you, the crying wolf, uh, but I, I think there might be a deeper thing here we might be overlooking, and that's that uh, the way the moral degeneration here in America is taking place, it's almost as though folks feel it's a stamp of approval for their devious methods. Mm. In other words, if the leader of the country gets away with an affair or cheats uh in business, it's almost like a stamp of approval for you. Well, or people may be uh, hesitant to throw stones in their own glass house. Isn't uh, that the truth? Yes. Yeah, so uh, we may have exactly the kind of leadership uh, that we deserve. He's reflecting our state of being, our yeah, state of consciousness. I think so. Uh, I agree with you. Uh, real quickly, the uh, militia arrest. I mean, if these guys are criminals, then they deserve behind bars. But I think it's just a, a, a state of moral outrage of the United States now, such as seeing 92 people uh, at Waco killed the way they were, and Ruby Ridge. I mean, mm -hmm. people are just simply outraged, and there was no criminal charges filed. Nobody, uh, nobody was convicted of anything. It remains unpunished, and and it's is just. It sticks in the craw of people, and mm -hmm. they can't get over it. Am I justifying what they're thinking about doing? Not at all, Art. Not at all. Well, the last thing we need is bullets flying in the street. But my goodness, when is someone in the helm going to take responsibility for travesties like that? All right. Uh, I appreciate your call. Uh, with regard to Waco, I agree. Ruby Ridge, there has been some action. And I still think there will be. Yeah, I this thing down in Arizona. That's bad. Just um, a group, um, a, a militia group called the Viper Militia. We're going to blow up buildings, kill people. ATF, FBI, IRS, INS, Social Security, National Guard. They were going to target all of those. They had explosives, uh, the um, ever-present uh, ammonium nitrate, 400 pounds, automatic weapons, in other words, machine guns, that kind of thing. What kind of country do you folks want? You want a country that is like 
living in Bosnia, where you've got to, when you go down the street, you've got to run. You've got to try to get what cover you can so you don't get shot. Could it happen here? Yep. Could. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning. Good morning, Art. Where, morning. where are you, pray tell? I'm calling from Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Yes, sir. Okay, my name is uh, David, and I'm uh, calling to let you know that we appreciate you down here, and we want to thank WWTN 99.7 for broadcasting you. Well, that's very kind of you. They are a big radio station. Yes, they are. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was uh, one question I wanted to ask you. Sure. Uh, have you ever heard anything else about the Tupacabra? Oh, yes. Uh, I'm getting reports all the time um, uh -huh. uh, regarding uh, animals that have been attacked, and sure, it's ongoing. Uh-huh. Well, I hadn't really, you know, been able to listen to your uh, uh, Dreamland show or anything like that because I've been working a lot there, but I, I wanted to ask you about them see if you heard anything. Um, I keep my ear to the ground. Now, uh, I've not seen one here yet, and I assume one has not shown up yet in Murfreesboro. Okay. Okay, I appreciate that. All right, thank you. Yeah, the chupacabra. They now it, it's really becoming a cult thing, and there are chupacabra T-shirts, chupacabra coffee cups, probably chupacabra tie clips. Wonder if they make a chupacabra choker. <laughs> First time caller line, you're on the air. Hi. Hi, Art. How you doing? I'm okay. Paul in Edmonton, Canada. Yes, Paul. Uh, what do you think um, old Dole's chances are with a good running mate? Well, everybody talks about the running mate. Uh, was it Paul? Yeah. Paul. Everybody talks about the running mate, but when it comes to election day, they vote for president. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit, bit different up here. There's no... Uh, there's no vice president, but I, I noticed down there that they make a big thing about the running mate, the VP. Let me ask you a question. Uh, I'm not f familiar with the Canadian Constitution. If somebody assassinates or kills your president... Prime Minister. Uh, Prime Minister. Uh, who uh, takes over? Uh, I would imagine the Deputy Prime Minister. So that's like a vice president. Uh-huh. And uh, we don't have no troop of copper up here. <laughs> Is that just a, a thing in the States, or is this worldwide now? Well, I know some people that are planning to capture what chupacabras have come across our southern border uh -huh. and uh, put them up there where you are. <laughs> no, I think it's I think it's a farce, Art. I really do. It's just, like, I'd really like to see the proof. Maybe we could call it Art's farce. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, look, I don't know whether it is or, or not. I have no idea. I know there are, uh, what is non-farcical is that there are thousands of dead animals. And um, the way they've been killed is not... Well, we've got is, that up here in well, Alberta. No, 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 wait a minute. Is not consistent with any predator that we know of, including the vampire bat, which bites its victims and then laps up the blood. It does not suck the blood from its victims. Uh huh. But you know, we're finding cows up here mutilated, and it's, uh, they think it's the cults, the devil worshippers, and stuff like that. Really? Yeah, for the blood and the organs and everything. It's pretty cool that these cults are able to get those saucers, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for the call. <laughs> 
Uh, Linda Moulton Howe had uh, quite a significant breaking story on Dreamland about a farmer in Utah who has lost about 10% of his herd to mutilation. I don't think that's a devil's group. And uh, with those mutilations, and this is an ongoing thing right now, uh, are coming sightings of uh, all kinds of craft. This is a guy who didn't want any publicity, didn't even want his name used, didn't even want to tell the story. She had to wring it from him. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning. Good morning, Art. Hi, where are you? Uh, I'm in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Good. Uh, I would like to talk a little bit about Art's parts. All right, good. Uh, you said here a couple weeks ago, and I've been trying to get a hold of you, you said there were uh, an element called bismuth. Bismuth, yes. Uh, are you familiar with bismuth? I'm becoming more familiar with bismuth all the time. It is a fascinating, fascinating element. Uh, yes. Do you know the uh, main usage of bismuth in this country as far as uh, uh, everyday life? Uh, no, I don't. Pepto-bismol. Uh, Pepto-bismol? Yes, sir. Well, bismuth has what's what are known to be uh, anti... Um, I'm trying to think of the right word here. Um, Anti-gravitic uh, properties. Uh, yes, and I believe, uh, Art, what I think you have... And, and this is, I'll, I'll tell you why I think what I think you have. I think you have some pieces off of one of our secret aircraft. It could that be. Have crashed. It absolutely could be. I think it may be part of one of these aircraft, uh, like the uh, stealth. That, well, uh, I, don't, I don't know about stealth, but uh, I suspect it's possible that one of these new generation uh, craft that can go 15 times the speed of sound or whatever it is, it might be one of those, sir. Uh, yes, sir, and I believe it's something that is not easily detected by radar and uh, and x-rays because uh, bismuth uh, is used in uh, making uh, shot for waterfowl hunting because it's non-toxic. I know that it is next to lead on the elemental scale. Uh -huh. That's correct. Uh, and also, I'm told that bismuth uh, may be around element 115, people are thinking. Now, it's lower on the element scale, and there's something about, you know, I am not a physicist, all right? But I'm listening to the reports and that I'm getting from those who are. And what we've got is a layered bismuth-magnesium piece, about, 50, oh, I don't know, 20, at least 20 layers, I guess. Um, you'd have to count them. I think they have. And uh, they're doing all sorts of tests, which I really can't talk about right now. But this particular piece of metal is so exotic that no exotic metals manufacturer knows about it, knows whether it can be made or ever has been made. They know nothing. We have gone to some of the best physicists in the country, and they're throwing up their hands. They believe this may be some sort of um, a power power gathering um, a material that might have indeed been on the outside of a craft of some kind. There are certain anti-gravitic elements to this. I really, I just, I can't talk too much about it right now because there is some very, very important testing uh, going on, and so we'll let you know. 
east of the Rockies. You're on the air. Good morning, Art. Steve calling from Kansas City. Hello, Steve. How are you doing this morning? Fine. Yeah, I just wanted to say that your show is a refreshing breeze in an otherwise maelstrom of talk show <laughs> radio. Well, it is different. Hey, I've got a couple of comments. Uh, first of all, in regard to the militia problem in the country. Yes. Uh, I'm a disabled Viet vet, was injured in the line of duty in Nam. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I agree with exactly what you're saying. Uh, I think these folks kind of remind me of terrorists. And uh, I'm not going to march to the drum of Big Brother, but I'm not going to march to uh, the drum of some, uh, you know, overzealous radical extremists either. Yeah. I mean, if, here's here's the uh, tire to the road. If it came down to it right now and people started across the country blowing up federal buildings and all that sort of thing, and I had to choose sides, right now, I, I'll tell you frankly and absolutely, I would be on the government side. I guarantee you I'm armed, and I would be right there at your shoulder, my friend. And uh, not because I'm not a patriot. I believe I'm a patriot just as I believe you're a patriot. That's right. And aren't oh, one other thing I'd like to... Uh, I ask your opinion on, and maybe give a brief comment in regard to this Filegate situation. Yes. Uh, you said earlier that you believe the American public's, uh, all the recent decline of interest in its own political processes has uh, been pretty much as a direct result of this President Clinton scandals and so forth. Well, I'm saying that I think the conservatives have cried um, wolf so many times mm-hmm. that the American public is just numb. Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with you there, too, but you know what? I, uh, If I may be allowed, uh, I know I'm entering uh, an environment here that's uh, pretty much uh, pro-conservative, and I respect that. I'm, I myself am a fence rider, and, uh, you, know, you know, I just never know who I'm going to vote for until I see what they got. But uh, I was <clears throat> wanting to go back to, like, even Watergate. Yes. And then... Uh, uh, of course, you know, the reason we got out of Vietnam was because it became such an unpopular war that we just, uh, you know, the, the uh, establishment really had no other choice. And then there was the Watergate situation with Nixon. And, um, of course, during the Reagan administration, we had a hint of the arms for hostages. Uh, yes. Bush, we had the Iran Contra thing. Right. Uh, you know, so it's not just, I think, the Clinton situation, although I, I believe 100% that is a contributing factor. And really... You know, it's, I hate to say it, but the Republicans seem to have become a bunch of crybabies and poor sports over all this. I just really wish they'd get on with politics, you know. Uh, all right, sir, I, I agree with you. Crybabies, uh, that's the same thing as saying crying wolf. Same thing. To some degree, uh, there is validity to that charge. You just can't keep making allegations. I mean, there have been videotapes out there saying the president's dealing drugs, president is a murderer, these sorts of things, and... I'll tell you something. I'm beginning to come to the, the uh, point of view that these things are actually helping Nixon. They are uh, Nixon, <laughs> Clinton. There, there, there are so many of them, and they are so outrageous that when something really serious does come along, the American people just don't even pay attention. Files, FBI files in the White House. Eh, yeah, you know what's that? Uh, if you, if, if, so that's, that's my take on it. I've been trying to figure it out for about a week now. And we'll roll over all this again probably, uh, in the next hour. In the meantime, love to have your thinking on it. (laughs) 
You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from the 1st of July, 1996. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Atwood, Minnesota. Yes, sir. I say, have you heard, uh, did you hear what Timothy McVeigh said when they asked him uh, if talk radio had anything to do with his uh, hate the government philosophy? Did you hear what he replied? No, what did he say? He said, of course not. He said, I have so much talent on loan from God that I do all my thinking on my own, even with half my brain tied behind my back. <laughs> Very funny, sir. That's the point? Yeah. Okay. Of course, he didn't say that. Do I think that talk radio has contributed to the numbing of America with regard to the Clinton administration? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. And uh, as you well know, I have not done a lot of it because I've looked at these various stories and it has seemed to me that these are not things that are going to get a, a president impeached. Uh, or even are going to, for the to a large degree, affect the public one way or the other. So I have avoided the stories. Uh, we deal with them, but uh, I have not um, focused on them. Let me put it that way, as so many talk shows have. Now, the FBI file story, I think, is a big, important story. And I think the reason we haven't had the reaction that we should have to it is because of this constant drumbeat uh, of we hate the Clintons and here's another thing that might get them out of office. Well, these have not been things that are going to get them out of office. Uh, they have been important questions, but uh, I don't know. Go through them. Look at them yourself. Whitewater hasn't reached the president. May never. The draft dodging. Well, people looked at that and said, so what? And elected him anyway, right? Paula Jones. That has now successfully been put off until the election ends. Marital infidelities, then and or now, depending on whether you believe the allegations, accepted by the public. Drug use, he never inhaled, right? Travelgate, cynical, yes. Cronyism, yes. Impeachment material, no. Mrs. Clinton's New Age dalliance, and all the rest of it. Um, just pound, 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 and then when Filegate comes along, it's just one more thing to add on to the pile and not that meaningful. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Hello. How are you today? I'm doing fine. Let me turn off my radio. Really. Oh, yes. Do that yeah. right away. Where are you? Uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Okay. Yeah, uh, about these uh, uh, anti-government uh, protesters. Protesters? I yeah. I, hello? Protesters, sir, those are people who carry signs. These were people ready to blow up buildings. No, I mean, they're terrorists, I should say. I can't condone or condemn what they do. But our government lately has been, you know, more and more corrupt. Well, why, why can't you condemn it? You don't. You certainly don't condone it, but why can't you condemn it? Well, I condemn anybody any, uh, that would uh, kill innocent people. But I believe there is going to be within ten years a civil war in the United States. Well, maybe there will be. It won't be a very nice place to live anymore, will it? No, I I hope it never happens. But with uh, Milwaukee is a pretty big city, isn't it? Yes. 
Yeah. How'd you like to have to dash down the streets of Milwaukee with uh, bullets ricocheting off the side of, side of the building as you and your family tried to uh, make it down to the grocery store or wherever you're going? Yes, but what I'm saying is our government's always going after the rightist groups, but never the leftist groups. There's leftist groups out there that are over planning to overthrow the United States government, too. Well, I seem to recall a bomb that went off uh, in Philadelphia and um, pretty much destroyed the group called MOVE. Do you remember that? Yes. So uh, I wouldn't say they never go against leftist groups. They do. Yeah. Although they just did settle with them for, I think it was $1.3 million for the... Uh... Yes, that that's correct. But I, I was simply responding your, to your statement that they never go after people on the left. What I, I'm saying is our media doesn't go after right. them as much uh, as the right, leftist groups. All right, I've got to run. We'll be right back. This is Premier Networks. That was Art Bell hosting Coast to Coast AM on this Somewhere in Time. Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from the 1st of July, 1996. Well, good morning, everybody. It is very good to be here. We'll talk about anything you want to talk about. We don't screen calls on this show. Never have, never will. And so you get a variety of things, a constantly changing, morphing variety of things. <laughs> and that is as it should be. So uh, anywhere you want to go is fine by me. You're on the air coast-to-coast, coast, AM with Art Bell. Hi, where are you calling from, please? Columbia, Missouri. Columbia, Missouri. All right. Uh, my name's Paul. Yes, Paul. And I was thinking about, uh, I'm a second-time caller. I already called you once before on the new, on the new caller line. Uh, once uh, we have you three times, Paul, you're, you're a gone goose. Uh, there's only a second. <laughs> I understand. Uh, I was just thinking about these people that are all flipped out in the, in the militia movement. Uh, I hate to speak well of Rush Limbaugh, but one thing that he did do that was worthwhile was when he got all over the Clinton administration wanting to put this eavesdropping chip in everything electronic. Yes. It's like these guys bend over backwards to infuriate the people in the in the militia movement and all the uh, right-wing nutcases. Everything they do, you know, it's like... Uh, Enraging a bull. Well, for one thing, there's a big difference between a lot of times what people or Congress or even the president will say they want to do and what they actually do. People get enraged over certain bills that are introduced, but there are about a gazillion bills every year that are introduced in Congress that are outrageous on their face, never are going to pass, but they get people all exorcised and they just never go through. And there are a lot of things presidents say, particularly this president. 
that that never happen. So um, you know, uh, people ought to be careful about picking up uh, fertilizer and making bombs and getting automatic weapons, and they ought to be careful uh, what they do, or we're going to end up with a country that's not going to be much fun to live in. I'll tell you that. Oh, for sure. It's just I, I've just been amazed by the uh, <laughs> the ability to do the wrong thing that the Clinton administration has such an <laughs> an absolute gift for it. Yes, they do. And uh, and then when when it when they are called on it, um, as uh, the author over the weekend said, they also have this unique ability, whether or not they are guilty, to look guilty as sin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have a, an absolute rare gift for putting the worst face on everything. They truly do. They truly do, my friend. Thank you. And uh, so, in a weird kind of way, it has gone so far that it now has helped them. It's it's kind of like what we were talking, I think I brought it up on Dreamland last night. The Kennedy assassination. I have long said nobody is ever going to know the real story behind the Kennedy assassination, are they? Uh, if somebody were to have the absolute, unmitigated, God-given truth about the Kennedy assassination, they'd go in front of a podium, call a bunch of reporters, and say, here it is. The latest uh, and the real thing on the Kennedy assassination. Well, people would take it in, talk about it a little while, and pile it on top of the gigantic pile of uh, theories about uh, conspiracies regarding the Kennedy assassination. So it's it's so convoluted by now, we would not know the truth if it bit us in the butt. Uh, wild card line, you're on the air. Hi. Oh, hi. Um, I just uh, felt I had to respond to... Uh, what um, everyone will probably be seeing by now uh, and possibly in the future uh, is a very poor image for the militia. And I'm, I'm not a militia member. Uh, of course, we, we you know, know the some of us know the law uh, means uh, includes uh, certain uh, age uh, brackets in, in Title Ten of the U.S. Code. But um, the uh, reason I'm calling is because uh, the media has uh, participated in the. Uh, attempted vilification of the uh, two Georgia militia members and uh, Macon. You're talking about the guys that were burying bombs. Actually, the, as, bombs? Macon, as the Macon Telegraph reported in the, on their uh, May 7th issue, that uh, BATF Special Agent Stephen Gillis uh, admitted many different things that uh, the BATF planted the bomb-making materials, the uh, alleged illegal materials on the property and even after 10 days it was not uh, tested to see what it, uh, it was and he also admitted that they were legally obtainable and uh, by the way uh, I have a videotape if you're interested of Nancy Lord who is representing them uh, she came through Largo recently and uh, by the way this is Chris and Seminole I called last night also and uh, uh, she said that uh, they also that they went directly to uh, this is an, another admission according to the Macon Telegraph. Uh, they went directly to the bomb making material buried on Bob Starr's property, and they didn't check anywhere uh, else on his property afterwards. Yeah, it was probably a sting operation. Uh, well, he had bomb making classes actually. It's my understanding, right. but he did not have any materials with him. He only covered information. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jimmy McCraney is another one who I, I know less about, and the Macon Telegraph doesn't cover much about. 
And uh, also, I, I just felt I should call in also about bills that are, are introduced, and, and one that is a very overt threat is uh, one that was introduced on April 24th, Senate Bill 1700. It outlaws the use of uh, body armor in the commission of a federal crime. And uh, this is from Section 9. It says it oh, shall be unlawful. Wait a minute now. It outlaws the use of body armor in commission of a federal crime. Is that what I heard you say? Yes, and it get wor it gets worse. Well, wait a minute. Uh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Isn't there already a law against, say, using a gun in commission of a federal crime? Oh, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, I, I'm not scared to death by such a law. Give me a... Sometimes uh, you want to use a swear word, you know what? Give me a break. Outlaws the use of body armor in a federal crime. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure some criminal out there is going to say, Oh, God, I, you know, we're going we're gonna to go hit this bank. Uh, well, we better not put this body armor on. It's against the law. <laughs> I swear. Yeah, I think that thing in Georgia probably was a sting, and I think the thing uh, in Arizona probably also was a sting, but I think the people, from what I can see in Arizona, firmly planned to blow things up and kill people. I mean, that's what you do with uh, ammonium nitrate and... Uh, machine guns and so forth, and they had a videotape in which it was described uh, how you place the explosives on the particular buildings to bring them down. It's pretty clear. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hi. Oh, hi, Art. Hello. Hi, this is Lily from Charleston, South Carolina. Well, hello, Charleston. Boy, do you sound like a southern belle. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. Uh, but yeah, they finally got you back on TV, except they don't play you last hour. Well, that ha well, I mean, you know, there's a difference in time zones here, dear. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I even got to talk to your wife that night. She was on. Uh... Oh, that's right. It's been a while since uh -huh. she's been on. She's I should I should have her on boy. again. Oh, she does, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, what thing I want to ask you about was did you see Sunday on Fox their preview of Independence Day? Oh, I know a lot about Independence Day. I've uh -huh. got I've got I've got a copy of the script. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> that is so weird. I mean the preview started out about the movie and then they went into this plan about the space command and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was real. Oh, wait till you see it. It's going to be, I think, it's going to be the movie of the year. Wow. <laughs> and those who have called me, you know, I've got some friends in Hollywood that have been to the uh, the opening, uh -huh. and they're all raving about it. Ten on a scale of ten. So wow. <laughs> this is, is going to be a big event. Yeah. But, I mean, I was really amazed at the preview. Guys. I mean, they, they took it seriously. They had Whitley Strieber and all those guys on there. Oh, yes. Uh, hey, when you have Whitley back on? We've already got him scheduled. Uh, let me see. When is Whitley back on? Uh, September 8th. Oh, wow. He's cool. And one other thing I want to ask, I remember a long time ago when you had your Mother's Day program. Oh, yes. And you, you asked about people that had experiences with uh, see, uh, a story about uh, seeing, uh, you know, I guess their children before they were born or something. That's, that's right, yes. Mm -hmm. There's a great story. I don't know if you read science fiction. There's a lady called Tamith Lee. Yes. She uh, wrote one. It's called Knight's Daughter, and there's a great story in there about that. Huh. Uh -huh. All right. Yeah, this baby picks his parents, and it's pretty funny. <laughs> I'll look for it. Uh-huh. All right. Thank you, dear. Great talking to you. See you later. Uh, July 7th, Kurt Southerly, author of Strange Encounters, UFOs, Aliens, and Monsters Among Us, is going to be our guest. That's the uh, next upcoming 
dreamland. July 14th, Stanton Friedman. Uh, really looking forward to Stanton being on the program. Uh, July 21st, Constantinos, author of Vampires, the Occult Truth. Ooh. Now that should be interesting. Vampires. I've wanted to talk about vampires for a long time. Constantinos, you don't suppose he's a vampire. Now, he's writing about vampires. I would like to interview a vampire. Maybe Constantinos can get us one. July 28th, tentatively, Dr. Michael Newton, author of Journey of Souls. August 4th, 11th, and 18th. You'd be surprised, because I'm going to be in Europe. Russia. August 25th, Dan Wright, project manager of the Abduction Transcription Project for MUFON. September 1st, Dr. Stephen Greer, founder and director of the Center for the Study of Extraterrestrial Intelligence, or C-SETI, founder and director of C-SETI. Uh, September 8th, uh, Whitley Strieber, author of Communion. September 15th, Dr. Richard Boylan, author of Extraterrestrial Contacts and Human Responses. That is what's coming on Dreamland. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. Uh, this is Carolyn from Indiana. Hello, Carolyn. Uh, your thing about Clinton. Yes. I think people are sick and tired yep. of hearing about him. I know. And uh, another thing I wanted to bring up, you remember you had on uh, Major Dames? Yes, I do. And your arts parts? Yes. He said... Uh, Time machine. Right. Now, that I found real interesting. Might be. Um, supposing that's us in the future. These aliens that we're talking about. There, there, is, there is some uh, current scientific thinking that the DNA structure... Ours, you know, the good old double helix, right? Uh, does not regenerate, does not progress, only degenerates. Now, you could imagine centuries from now, a human race wasting away its DNA structure, beginning to crumble, wanting to come back and refresh it. Right. Is that I, found that, I found that interesting. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's as possible as anything else. Who knows? Yeah. All right. And your chupacabra, I kind of... Not my chupacabra. Well, that's where I've heard it. Well, that's true. You've heard it on this program, but it is, uh, believe me, it's all over Mexican television. It is the number one subject down there. How come we don't hear anything more about it besides on your program? Well, there's been articles in the Los Angeles Times, many of them, uh, the San Diego Union Tribune, uh, newspapers all across the West, so you must have just missed it. Well, I live in the Midwest, up in Indiana, so I don't mm -hmm. get that, so. Well, that might be it. maybe the Chupacabra is coming to Indiana soon. <laughs> well, I'll be looking for it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You take care. Uh, thank see, you. See you later. <laughs> Now, we take you back to the past on Art Bell Somewhere in Time. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hello. Hello, Art. Yes, sir. Outstanding. Uh, listen, I've been listening to you for a long time, and, and I'm getting ready to go to Saudi Arabia. 
to go to work. Uh-huh. And uh, I just want people to know in general, I was a kid. I graduated from high school there. I speak two dialects, Arabic. I've served 13 years in the military. Can't get a job here in the States doing what I did in the military. So I'm going to go work in the oil oil field. Right. But um, Big bucks. Well, and it's tax-free to the first 70K. Yeah. But um, the safety thing that everybody's looking at, um, having gone to a Saudi school with the Saudis, not an American school, um, the, the way that uh, the Saudis have believed for years is that ever since the Ottoman Turks and the Brits, everybody's been interposing on their lifestyle. Yeah, and we're doing that now, they that's, think. That's correct. And my mother and father work in Saudi Arabia, and they've been there for 25 years. Um, my mom drives on the compound. That's it. Um, the, the, where the Saudi women started seeing American women driving was during Desert Storm. Uh, pardon me, Desert Storm. Um, we we have integrated several societies, tried to go into their societies and make them what we are. It's not going to work with the Saudis. And the sooner that our government figures out that, you know, human rights mean different things if you're from different cultures. And whether what we believe is correct or not, we're not going to change their, their concept of things. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel about the Saudi thing. But, uh, well, I'm, all right, but we have a national security interest in seeing to it that the oil that people like you go help them pump out of their ground continues to get to us. So uh, we're, our presence is going to be continually required in that area of the world. Well, what you're looking at is a one handful of people throughout the whole country. You got, I call them the mullahs. Um, my, my parents have a different name for them. They're, they're sort of like journeyman priests mm -hmm. and uh, for the Islamic religion. And they have been spouting the, the Iranian hardline. And uh, the Shiites have been trying to get into the Sunni religion for the last, and that's the two different sects of, of the uh, Islamic religion. And they have been trying for the last few years to get in there and subvert and get the Americans out because the Iranians want to be the superpower in the Fertile Crescent. That's correct. Um, the sooner we figure it out and we say, okay... Um, we're eventually going to go to a war with Iran. That's correct. Uh, and we're looking at it very soon, considering that they're looking at for missing nuclear weapons mm -hmm. that may have shown up in Iran. But to, to get to the, the uh, uh, Saudis and, and their execution recently of the guys that took out the uh, complex and tried to take out the complex in Riyadh, Yep. Um, the FBI actually helped find those individuals and did get to talk to them before they were executed. It's not my understanding. Um, well, there were some individuals that were in the State Department that uh, gave so up So you, you mean that uh, Perry lied? Uh, Perry lies about everything. <laughs> yeah, well, all right. Uh, uh, thank you very much for the call. And uh, it, it, Perry definitely said uh, they did not have a chance to interrogate those people. So there's no way to even really know if we got the right people. Now, maybe he lied. I don't know. I do know that when asked directly over the weekend about the U.S. having requested uh, increased security barriers about uh, 400 feet out that would have saved lives, the Saudis said no, and Perry wouldn't answer the question. He flat wouldn't answer the question. And I'll tell you, um, though I am sensitive to the uh, delicate uh, relationship between the Saudis and America right now, 
These were our troops, our people, our soldiers. And I didn't appreciate Perry's uh, lack of responsiveness to that question. Sensitivity or not, uh, he had a duty, in my opinion, to answer that question. And if the Saudis, in fact, pre prevented us from expanding the security zone, then we've got a big problem. And if our own Secretary of Defense refuses to tell us the truth, we've got an even bigger problem. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Hi, Art. My name is Dan. Hi, Dan. I'm calling from Long Beach, California. Yes, sir. And I'll call to tell you that I have, I have actually seen a picture of the Chupacabra. Me too. Ugly little things, aren't they? Um, very ugly. Yes. Now, uh, where did you see the photograph? A friend of mine actually took a picture of the Chupacabra right after he blew the, blew the little bugger's head off. So it's a two-part picture? No, just that one picture where it was just decapitated by the shotgun blast. Uh, you, is it a good photograph? Yes, it is. Very clear and with a flash on there and everything. Really? The thing is... Would you like to part with that photograph? Uh, he didn't give it to me, though. He, he wouldn't give it to you? Mm-mm. Yeah. You think you can pry it from his uh, shotgun uh, uh, vibrating fingers? Well, I could ask him to make a copy, and if I do, I'll probably send it to you. If you'll send it to me, I, I will scan it, get it up there for computer people, and put it in my newsletter. How about that? Well, um, I'll ask him about that. And, you know, just so it's like you, you, it's like you see the body of the chupacabra in the picture, and then you see the disengaged head mm -hmm. in, the, in the photograph as well. Well, the only best way I can describe it is about a good size of an iguana uh -huh. with little bat wings on it. That, an iguana with, well, that sounds like a chupa. All right. Since I know you've been always talking about the chupacabra anyway. Oh, yes. Favorite never... favorite topic around here. People like their monsters. Well, I guess, you know, growing up with watching horror movies and stuff like that, you know, people tend to like to gross themselves out by... Do you know whether the chupacabra has yet consumed a young lady in a low-cut blouse? Last thing I've heard, something close to that. It's a creature from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> or my mother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> I'll look forward to that photograph. See what you can do. The trip back in time continues with Art Bell hosting Coast to Coast AM. More Somewhere in Time coming up.
we take you back to the past on Art Bell Somewhere in Time. Yeah, I've got a very special friend in Hollywood, somebody I protect, uh, because he sends me cool stuff. Like he sent me the script from Seven, the script from ID4, and I just got a fax from him. He said, uh, Art, so in less than 24 hours, your mind will be reeling from the special effects that we in the industry love to share. I can't wait for your, I can't wait for your show tomorrow night. Your reactions, your insights. Well, you won't get them because I'm not going to see it. I know that it is uh, to debut tomorrow. I'll get the audience reactions to Independence Day. That's for sure. He says the rest of your uh, the rest of the week rather your show is going to be filled with the wonders that your listeners must share with the rest of the world. The feelings they'll attempt to describe. Then he goes on, in a week or so, my dear friend, I will reveal to you, before anybody else, the powers, the mysticism, the frightening yet endearing magical truths to be shared worldwide in an up-and-coming definitive answer to your quickening, a film project that we will awaken, with which we will awaken the sleepers, centralize the guardians, and gather the magicians. And he gives me the name of this motion picture, and I'm not going to share it at this time, but uh, that's my connection in Hollywood. Really nice guy. Yeah, that's it. ID4 comes out tomorrow, you know. <laughs> and I am looking forward to it, no doubt about that. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from the 1st of July, 1996. Okay. The news is interesting to say the least. The latest militia problem is a group, a uh, cute little group called the Viper Militia. Isn't that something? Another militia problem. Biggin. Authorities say that a Phoenix group planned to launch terrorist attacks and blow up buildings. The ATF building, FBI, IRS, INS, Social Security, and National Guard, the Armory. The ATF, so... Uh, Finally, the ATF sealed off a Phoenix neighborhood and with a seven-count uh, seven federal indictment went and recovered automatic weapons, 400 pounds of ammonium nitrate, ammonium nitrate uh, the same thing that brought down the Murrah Federal Building. The group had produced a videotape showing how you do this, where you place explosives on these Phoenix buildings to bring them down. They range, uh, range in age from 21 to 50, uh, trained in the desert there, uh, the Arizona desert, blowing up bombs. Federal authorities say they believe there is a loose connection between this militia and other militia groups. And so here we go again. Any comments? If it ever does get going, it'll be just like Bosnia here. Wouldn't that be just rosy, where you try to run around the streets of Phoenix or whatever other city, dodging bullets, the police, the 
military fighting people who are trying to blow things up. Great. Saudi Arabia, the big brouhaha over the weekend, really over uh, Secretary Perry, interviewed from onboard an aircraft carrier by the Sunday shows, wouldn't answer the question about whether or not the Saudis, in fact, we have evidence the Saudis did, in fact, turn down our request to increase the security range. Saudis said no. They're doing it now, of course. But they said no, and they asked Perry that, and he wouldn't answer the question. He sat there and talked all around it, wouldn't answer the question. A lot of people so angry they're calling for his resignation, and I am one of them. What a jerk. Then last week, you'll recall, I was agonizing over what in the world is going on with the American people that they don't consider this filegate thing, that it has not got them going. Couldn't figure it out last week. This week, I've got it. I know why. The answers um, to that question are many. But the biggest portion of the answer, I believe, lies in the party that cried wolf, the Republican Party. There has been a consistent battering on talk radio and elsewhere of this administration for too many things that went nowhere. Whether or not they were true, whether or not they ultimately go anywhere, I don't know. But so far they have gone not to the president. Whitewater, the draft dodging, Paula Jones, marital infidelities, drug use, travel gate, Mrs. Clinton's new age business. And really, we could go on and on and on. All of these things that the Clinton administration has been getting battered for, and the American people finally have sort of had it up to here. And they sound serious. The American public gets engaged. And then they don't go anywhere. So when you finally get something that really is important, like a very serious violation of Americans' privacy, the American people go, oh, well, just one more. So, there you are. Here is a story, by the way, just uh, came in. Washington. While some believe the character issue is a ticking time bomb for President Clinton, voters continue to shrug off the various scandals impugning his integrity, according to a new poll. This is brand new. Uh, the same day that Clinton's personnel security chief resigned for improperly obtaining about 700, or is it 900 now, files, a new NBC Wall Street Journal poll found that Clinton's lead over presumptive GOP nominee Bob Dole was holding steady at 17 points. Other surveys have shown, have shown it now down to about 15 points. So nothing has really changed. And it is now thought that the two-point drop is going to be recovered by the president. And there would have been a day I'd have said, no way, that is not this day. I think it probably will be. So there you have it. Um, I've got a lot of other things I would like to get on the air. Here's somebody who sent me the top ten list, the top th uh, ten things revealed and to be yet revealed from Filegate. Ten. Everybody blames the dead guy. Nine, it is learned at the White House that nobody knows who hired who, except for Hillary, who believes the voters hired her. 
as president. Eight, the White House denies any security breach from the snafu. Only authorized interns and their immediate, close, immediate families had access to these files. Seven, Craig Livingstone is offered a job by Tonya Harding as head of security. It is reported that Tonya hired Mr. Livingstone because he just, uh, because he looks just like the old guy she had. <laughs> he does a little, doesn't he? Uh, Mr. Marsika is Gorbachev's brother. The Secret Service will be commended for their up-to-date security lists. As proof, the Secret Service shows how quickly names like Vince Foster and Ron Brown were deleted in a timely manner. Eleanor Roosevelt's fingerprints are found all over the Republican files. <laughs> the files down in the basement were never read. They were only used to create giant coke lines on the adjacent copier glass. <laughs> Tape recordings will be subpoenaed from the White House Counsel's office. However, when played, key parts have been recorded over with someone playing the saxophone. <laughs> and number one, from behind bars, Mrs. Clinton is read the oath of office by Chief Justice Rehnquist. It seems Filegate didn't matter to the voters. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. Yes? Yes. Turn your radio off, please. Oh, hi, Art. Hello. Uh, yeah, this is Gary from Jackson, California. Yes, sir. And actually, I'm calling you from the middle of nowhere. I'm kind of in the central Sierras. Well, in that case, it's a call from the middle of nowhere to on the middle of nowhere. Phone. Anyway, what's on your mind? Uh... I think I wanted to tell everybody that at least part of the meaning of being here is indulge yourself in nature. So that's what so that's what you're out there doing right now. Well, I'm out here. Uh, see, I drive to the top of this hill, and in the morning I go packing. And uh, I know it seems like there's a quickening every time you're down in town, in the city, whatever. Yes. But you get, get yourself out in nature, do it by yourself, uh, you're, and I, uh, you're it absolutely seems like right. there's no quickening. Well, uh, there is not, for you personally, and uh, that is exactly why I live where I live. When I go outside, I could walk out there right now, and with the air the way it is out here, uh, in the desert and the lack of humidity and the fact that we don't have pollution. I can look up and I can see things, uh, a sky that you, most of you in the city, have forgotten even exists. Even in Las Vegas, just over the hill from me, um, when you are in that valley and look up, you're lucky to see two or three on most nights of the brightest stars and that's it. Here where I am, you look up and you see this great, foggy, cloudy, milky way. And it extends from one side of the uh, sky to the other. And you see so many stars that um, it kind of gives you a different outlook on things. And that's why I'm where I am. And you walk out there and you can't hear anything. It is dead quiet. And so, from a personal point of view, 
This is how I keep my center. And this is how, depressed or angry as I may get at anything, it resets me. And you've got to be able to do that, to do this job over a, an extended uh, period. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Oh, yes. Hello. Hello. Is this Harbell? Good guess. Okay. Um, this is Fran from uh, Sacramento. Okay. I uh, <clears throat> I forgot about the delay. Well, turn your radio off and you won't have to worry. Yeah, I, I did that. That's good. Um, have you heard anything about Robert Morning Sky? Yes, he was struck by an automobile and uh, he is recovering. Okay, and is that all? I mean, is he okay? That's my understanding, yes. When did, uh -huh. when did that happen exactly? I couldn't tell you. It was in the last few weeks. Oh, okay. All right, that was all I wanted to know. All right, have a good... First-time callers call area 702-727-1222. Have a... East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning. Mark? Hello. Yeah, Omaha. Yes, sir. What are your thoughts on possible terrorism at the Olympics? Well, it's possible. Uh, I, there is a security force there that... Um, uh, we have never seen the likes of which, but I'm sure that terrorists find that as an inviting challenge. It worries, worries me, especially now with the stuff in Phoenix. Well, I hope I'm wrong. So, so, oh, I see. So you think there will be terrorism? <laughs> it seems like there's just so many wackos anymore. Um, well, that's a good observation. There are a lot of wackos out there right now. Thank you. Uh, lots of wackos. And Phoenix now is online. Why don't we ask them what they think? Let us, uh, as a matter of fact, do two things. Let me try to, for the balance of the hour, I've got some new affiliates. You know what? And I should hold the line open for them. And I should also hold the West of the, line, uh, West of the Rockies line open. For people in Phoenix, I would like to hear from them about this Viper, Alicia. So if you're in Phoenix, look, everybody else, hold on. West of the Rockies, let's hear from Phoenix, okay? Um, that number is area code 800-618-8255. That's 800-618-8255. And let me reserve my East of the Rockies line for our friends in New Haven, Connecticut, listening to W-E-L-I-A-M, and uh, KGFW in Kearney, Nebraska. So if you're listening to one of those two stations, call us now at uh, 1-800-825-5033. That's 1-800-825-5033. Five zero three three, and if everybody else would hold off, I would appreciate it for about an hour. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hey, Art. This is Dave from Phoenix. Hi, Dave. It was a complete and absolute shock to hear what had happened today, knowing that just right here in my own backyard, I got a militia that's wanting to blow up federal buildings. You know. Uh, you don't think the people there in Phoenix? Uh, of course, I guess it was you know all quiet. Uh, so they had no way of knowing it was going to come, but I bet it was a big surprise. Yeah, it, 
I was I was in the car when I heard it on the radio, and I was like, I just kind of pulled over, and I was thinking about it, and um, it just you know like complete absolute shock. It was like getting hit in the head with a with a brick. Well, how do you feel about it? It makes me kind of nervous knowing that you know I I got two daughters, and it kind of makes me wonder you know I'm sitting here, I'm raising them in what kind of society? I mean, everything's quickening, you know, as you've been teaching us and talking about for going on a very long time now and yes i'm wondering what what is it quickening to what what is the final destination when i'm not sure and what what can we do in order to uh i don't think much much collectively but i think individually uh if we each act responsibly sounds simple mm -hmm. uh but the more people that do that uh the better the chance that this is not going to end in disaster but if you want to know my personal view, uh, it is that we have already passed the point of no return, and we are going on to whatever is next. Yeah, the little red light in the cockpit's been on for a yeah, while. There, there you are. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. Well, anyway, how far away from uh, where the big bust took, took place? Well, I'm all the way on the other side of town, sir. Are you? Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm I live sure, out on the air base. I'm sure you're glad of that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, thank you very much for the call. They were interviewing people, you know, in the Phoenix neighborhood, and they were uh, not surprised. Uh, one guy said, oh, I've seen people coming and going with guns and all the rest of it, and I told my wife I wouldn't be surprised, but it was some kind of militia. Well, it was. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning. Where are you, please? Providence, Rhode Island. Providence, Rhode Island. All right. Welcome to the program. Yeah, I must be here in Yonder, New Haven. Indeed. Yeah, down here uh, in the middle of the town. Yes, sir. Uh, I was just making a point in 92 when Clinton got elected. A mm -hmm. uh, bunch of people, uh, I was in Birmingham at the time, and uh, we had a march uh, for the uh, pro-life and how they uh, they just laughed. Uh, all the people were laughing at us because, hey, you guys, your cause is going away. You might as well just forget it and pray, you know. And uh, then when I moved back up here, in New England, I met a lot of people my age that in uh, 92 were feeling very discouraged and uh, talking about joining militia groups because of uh, Clinton and them, and just, it seemed like everything was just going to pot. Pot. <laughs> well, not, I don't smoke it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yes, I know what I you're talking about, but he didn't inhale. Yeah, you know? that's right. He didn't inhale. All right, it, sir. It, uh, I heard a quote sometimes it says, when... Um, uh, something to the effect that when the public uh, is not allowed to speak their uh, case as far as uh, all this uh, people being put down by the uh, liberals and everything like that, you can't get your message out, then it comes out another way. Well, but that just isn't true. I mean, we have this talk radio thing that allows the American people to speak out in public as never before. And yet, uh, even given that, we're having more problems. How come? I just think uh, the mistrust of the government and... Yeah, but I think that is a fire fed to some degree by talk radio. How about that? I'm Art Bell. We'll be right back. This is Premier Networks. That was Art Bell hosting Coast to Coast AM on this Somewhere in Time.
Premier Networks presents Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from July 1st, 1996. All right, for 30 more minutes, I'm holding open my West of the Rockies line for Phoenix, Arizona. That is where they busted the Viper militia that was all set to blow up a bunch of buildings in Phoenix. And I imagine they have some thoughts on that. I sure would. I live there. I don't live there, and I have thoughts on it. Also have the lines open for our new affiliate in New Haven, Connecticut, W-E-L-I. If that's where you are, let me give you the number to call. Everybody else hold off, and we'll continue to do this until the top of the hour. You're listening to W-E-L-I in New Haven, 960 on the dial. The number to call is 1-800-825-5033. Everybody else hold off. 1-800-825-5033. Same for Kearney, Nebraska. KGFW. Call 1-800-825-5033. Uh, to our East of the Rockies line, you're on the air. Good morning. Hello. Hello. Uh, Dr. Bell? Yes. Turn your radio off, please. I do. I have it off. Where Where are you? I'm in Marshall, Texas. Marshall, Texas. Now, now, see, that's not New Haven, Connecticut. That's not mm-hmm. Kearney, Nebraska. That's Marshall, Texas. Mm, right. But I had a favor to ask. What? Uh, you were talking about you were going to be taking a trip to Russia. I am. And I was wondering if it's possible you could pick me up a babushka doll. <laughs> and I pay you for it. <laughs> yeah, sure. I've heard that story before. So I go get myself a little doll, and I come home, and some customs guy wraps it on the table, and white powder comes tumbling out, and I'm gone forever, and it's because of you. <laughs> I bought a picture of a restroom there in the hotel. <laughs> well, look, I'll work on it. I gotta go. We're holding this line for people in New Haven and Kearney. Bring home a doll. See, they they tell you don't do that. Don't do that. Don't carry things for other people. Well, I was getting it for this lady in Texas. Yeah, right, son. Tell it to the judge. <laughs> East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Uh, Art, I'm calling from uh, Kearney, Nebraska. Yes, sir. If you please let me turn my radio down, I appreciate it. All right, sir. yep, go right ahead. Kearney, okay, Nebraska. thank you, Art. Uh, Art, I, I, I listened to you a little while ago. You were talking about uh, that we may, as in the United States, go to war with Iran. I think eventually it's inevitable, yes. Yeah, but well, Art, I think the United States has already done that. They just did it to another country, which was Iraq. Well, um, I don't know how to break this to you, sir, but Iran is not Iraq. Iran is Iran. Iraq is Iraq. Look at the map. You'll see them. Okay. All right. Thank you very much for the call. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Good morning, Art. This is Vince from Phoenix. Yes, sir. And I oh, uh, if you can bring back something from Russia, too. What? Uh, how about some Alexandrite? Some Alexandrite? Yeah. What's that? It's a uh, very expensive stone, but that, that's not why I called. Um, the militia, the quote-unquote militia thing that occurred here today, I don't liken uh, unto a normal militia movement. In well, fact, that, you know, every time it's a militia, the militias call up and say... That's... I'm not I'm not militia. I, I know I understand, okay. but what okay. I'm saying is every time there is a story on militias, people mm-hmm. call and say, this is not the militias. Well, it doesn't make sense to me that, that any um, self-righteous militia or one who, who uh, chooses to protect the Constitution would have need explosives. Okay? We, are. Uh, we, we discussed this today at work, and the only term that I could use for this particular group was more of a terrorist group than anything else. I, I don't agree with the use 
of the uh, term as a militia. It, it just it doesn't fit my definition of what a militia should be. Well, uh, they call themselves a militia. Well, that's that's fine, and you've got the Hamas who can call themselves a militia too. But we all uh, have a different perspective on that from the outside. Mm -hmm. You think Phoenix is fairly shocked? Without question. Yeah, it was a, a major topic of discussion at my work today, and yeah, oh, I bet it was. There, uh, there was a lot of concern uh, concerning this type of uh, thing going on in our own backyard, as was stated earlier. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I'm glad they got them. Well, I am, too. and I sure hope that our country doesn't turn into a place that uh, you know approximates uh, Bosnia. But agreed. And to be quite honest, I hope that they. Uh, have the the guts to go forth and, and charge these people under the uh, terrorism act, or, or the new laws that they passed on those, because I think that it's there. There is no way that anybody in their right mind, even themselves, could call themselves a militia. Just judging by the arsenal that they had. All right, sir. I appreciate the call. Well, yeah, I thought a lot about this. I mean, they are calling themselves a militia. Or did the media dub them a militia? No, I think they called themselves a militia. The Viper Militia. There's a name for you. Has it really come to the point where this many people have decided the only way to, you know, to change things is going to be with bombs and bullets? Terrorism. Boy, what a lousy country this will be. You don't think it can happen here? Oh, wrong. Absolutely wrong. All right, again, I am uh, holding open my line for the listeners of WELI and KGFW in Kearney, Nebraska. WELI is our new affiliate in New Haven. If you're in one of those two places only, call us at 1-800-825-5033. If, on the other hand, you are in Phoenix, then call us at uh, one 800 618-8255. Now we're trying to get uh, kind of uh, some feedback from Phoenix, and we're obviously going to be successful in that. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time, tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from the 1st of July, 1996. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Hey. Hey. Where uh, where are where are you, sir? I'm in Connecticut. All right. Um, I was out with a friend tonight, and he started talking about uh, what's happening to the honeybees. Did you hear anything about that? Oh yes. Uh, a great percentage of domestic honeybees uh, are gone. Uh huh. Almost all of the wild honeybees are gone. Uh huh. So what is this? Is this like something that's very important, or? Well, it depends on how you view the process of pollination. That's what I said. <laughs> I would say it's fairly important, yes. Uh -huh. uh, there is apparently some sort of disease. Uh, it's a mite. Yeah, a mite that is affecting them. Uh -huh. uh, but it's mighty worrisome, in my opinion. They said they all died, and like 90% of them died already. That's what I've heard, yes. Yep. That's crazy. So there's a lot of what's going on in our, our world right now. Frogs are disappearing. Uh, a lot of the weather patterns are certainly changing. There's a lot going on. Yeah. Uh, well, just wanted to see 
you had anything else to say about it, uh... All right, sir. Thank uh, you for the call. That's Connecticut. Yeah, sure. Got a lot to say about it. I think these are indicators that something's up. Remember what Major Dames said. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hello, Art. This Hi. is Larry in Glendale, Arizona. Glendale, Arizona. Yeah, just on the other side of Phoenix, street sign in between us. Down there in Viper Country. Yeah. Hey, uh, they kind of lucked out on that one. Um, somebody ran into these guys um, when they were practicing in their fatigues up in uh, Prescott or someplace up in there. And then they've also been out in the desert uh, doing bombs. But these guys... That's what I heard. They were out in the desert. Them, you know, what they were doing, and these guys in the military know. ran them off, okay, um, in these fatigues. So then they reported these guys, and then uh -oh. they've got a, uh, an ATF agent in, uh, in the group. Ah. Kind of un undermined them there a little bit. So they infiltrated them, and that's how they found out. So we were real lucky on that. That is lucky. Yeah, uh, it so, really uh, is. But I bet it shook up a lot of people down there. Oh man, I couldn't believe it <laughs> when I heard it. I, I'm talking on one of your VTech uh, 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 portable phones from Bob King. Yes, love the phone. <laughs> of course. So does General, my cat, the male. He keeps uh, wanting to jump at the. <laughs> he keeps um, stabbing at the little aerial. Well, that's because it. it wiggles in a very cat-like fashion. Yeah, so he loves it too. <laughs> All right. Well, don't let him chew your end. I'll tell you, cats are pretty bad about that. I've got, oh, well, I used to have, uh, still have, really, a microphone uh, with a little um, mic sock at the end of it, and I hold the mic sock over the microphone with a rubber band and some tape, and there is something about a mic sock that cats like. It's chewable. It's uh, inviting. It's impossible, in fact, for a cat to ignore. So I'm continually putting on new mic socks because they chew it up. Mic socks. Yum, yum, yum. Cats. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning. Where are you calling from, please? Art, this is Air from Omaha, Nebraska. Omaha? Yeah, uh, yes, sir? I need to make a correction. There's a lot of people in the audience are kind of, I guess, liars, maybe. The, uh, the pronunciation is Carney, Nebraska, not Kearney. Kearney. Well, I had it wrong. Carney, huh? A lot, a lot of your people are calling in and saying you're from Carney and they're, or Kearney, and not it's Carney. Carney. Carney, Nebraska. All right. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Carney, Nebraska. New Haven, Connecticut. I know I've got that one right, but I didn't know about Carney. Could have been Kearney, but it's Carney. Okay. Got that down, I guess. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hi, Art. Bill in Phoenix. Hello, Bill. Uh, my own feeling on this uh, Viper bit, uh -huh. I would rather sort of wait and see what the facts, you know, the facts as they come out in court, yes. rather than make a judgment based on all the hype. About six months ago, when the Freeman bit was coming down, they had another, mm, I guess you'd say, raid on a so-called militia member and a Freeman that was stockpiling ammunition and arms and all that. It turned out to be a 65-year-old dentist. Well, uh, the they stun gunned his stun grenade his home. Yes, in and this yeah, but, all charges. Yes, but in this particular case, sir, they have a videotape detailing exactly how to place the explosives and so forth to bring down buildings in your town. Uh, 
I'll tell you, using 400 pounds of ammonium nitrate to bring down the buildings mentioned is sort of like saying, let's take out an M1A1 tank with a 22. Oh, I agree with you, and I'm not saying that uh, they could have or would have taken out all of those buildings. That was their target list, and uh, they were obviously uh, intent on taking out some of them. It was also an instructional videotape so that other people might learn how to take down buildings. So that's right. I mean, that 400 pounds, as far as I know, would not have done the job. But it would have made a big bang, 400 pounds. That would be a big bang. Um, east of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Hello, this is Sam from Fairview, Connecticut. All right. Welcome to the program, Sam. Uh, I, I understand that you own guns. Yes, I do. And I believe I heard you say one time that they would have to pry your gun out of your cold, dead hand. I said that, and I, I say it again now. Okay. If someone were to come and take your gun, just what exactly you know, could you do to try to stop them from taking your gun? Well, if, if, you're, if you're saying that there would be a general collection effort and they'd be going around knocking on the door of everybody who owned a gun taking them, is that what you're talking about? Basically, yes. Uh -huh. Then there'd be a revolution. We have this thing called the Second Amendment? Yeah. I take it seriously. How about you? Okay. No, not, what do you mean, okay? Do you, take the second, do you take the Second Amendment seriously? Yes, I do. Uh, which part of the Second Amendment don't you understand? By the time these people get to your front door, it's already late. You're already in a situation like Waco. You're... Hold up. Well, there are some things worth dying for, sir, and if they are going to truly subvert the Constitution on a national basis, then there is going to be a revolution. Military and other agencies like CIA, FBI have think tanks where they go through what if. What if there was a war between... Uh, a civil war between liberals and conservatives, or gun owners and non-gun owners, the liberals who don't want any guns in their house, don't want us to have guns in our houses, they, if there's a war between uh, the liberals and the conservatives who have guns, the liberals will lose because they don't have any guns. They don't have anything to shoot if there's any kind of revolution or uh, civil war. All right, well, thank you, but that isn't the way it's going to come down. If there's going to be a conflict, uh, obviously, the way it's shaping up, it's going to be between right-wing fanatic groups and our government. And I don't think this has a thing to do with a war between liberals and conservatives. Most liberals, most conservatives, are more or less in the middle, believe it or not. Now, just because on a talk show you hear from each radical fringe doesn't mean that that's representative. The majority of the people in America are still in the middle. So could there be a conflict? Yes. Uh, between what groups? Well, probably right-wing, radical, possibly even left-wing radical under the right circumstances, but mainly right-wing radical uh, groups. And the government, do I think they're going to go around, uh, collect the guns, negate the Second Amendment? No, I don't. If they were to do so on a national basis, I, th I believe there would be a revolution. Just like if the government suddenly said there is no longer freedom of speech. All right? All these talk shows will hereby be closed down. Freedom of speech is now negated. 
there'd be a revolution, wouldn't there? So I hope that answers your question. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Yes, Art. I wonder if I can ask you to... Well, where are you, sir? I'm in San Antonio, Texas. All right. We're uh, holding this line open now for New Haven, Connecticut, and Kearney, Nebraska. So call us after the top of the hour. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Mr. Bell. Yes. My name is Nick. I'm from Phoenix. Yes, sir. Uh, I'd like to tell you something concerning uh, the whole Peoria aspect. Uh, not only is it frightening and nerve-wracking, it's also embarrassing. I mean, I'm originally from California, and people just know what a beautiful state Arizona is. Yes. And it, it, it really hurts. It really, really hurts. I am 23 years old, and I'm actually frightened about these militia groups. Pretty pretty shocked when you heard the thing about the Viper? It's scary. I, I first heard it clocking on going into work, and it's terrifying. It really, really is, especially when you live 25, 30 minutes away from these targets. Well, I'm with you. I think it's frightening, and uh, I think that we're going to have to do something about it, or one day we are going to have an America that, that people just frankly don't believe can be. Uh, they, they don't think it can happen here. They're wrong. It can. It can. And parents and grandparents used to say, you know, in, in America's future, it's going to be tougher on our kids. I'll tell you right now, it's actually happening. It really is. I know. Thank you very much for the call. It really is happening now. Uh, the caller is uh, correct. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. All right. Yes. It's Thomas, uh, truck driver. Been picking you up uh, out of South Carolina and East Tennessee off of uh, 1100. Well, I appreciate that, but we're holding this open right now for Connecticut. I got out of the truck and had to come in to pay phone, so I didn't know. Oh, I see. Uh, yes. We've been saying that for the last half hour. I appreciate your call, sir, but i got to move on. Thanks, sir. All right, take care. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hey, Art. It's Mike in Phoenix. Hi, Mike. Yeah, I was calling about this uh, so-called militia group, the Vipers here. Yes. Yeah, I would have to say uh, I wouldn't really consider them a militia group. Uh, discussing their intent, I would consider them a group of criminals. Well... They call themselves a militia. Yeah, but if I were to run a stoplight and call myself the president, it wouldn't make me one. That's right. Well, what makes a militia a militia, then? Well, according to United States Code, I believe Section 10, anyone between the ages of, uh, I believe, 17 and 47. Would they not be included? Uh, well, yeah, they would fall into that. But uh, I rest my case. <laughs> yeah, but that would mean every the, the media who's uh, saying all these horrible things about the militia, they're the militia, too. Oh, uh, that's true. Absolutely correct. But uh, these guys are just a bunch of criminals, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, anybody going around you know, discussing and, well, and making active plans? To okay, let's, let's look at what they believe, all right? They believe that it's time to begin killing people and blowing things up because the government is that far out of control. That's what they believe. Yeah, but uh, it's not that far out of control. The way that the, way to find no, what the government's doing is at the polls. That's exactly correct, yes. You bet. Yeah, is get your voice or vote. I mean, these militia groups, what they need is some good people. Some of these real militia groups, anybody's listening from a real militia group, you guys need to go out and educate the public in good things like CPR, first aid, get some good press. Mm -hmm. they, they need to go out and do that. It is true. They've not been getting good press, have yeah, they? Yeah, they should go out and do something good for the community and say, look, you know, we're all not a bunch of maniacs, you know, blowing things up. Mm -hmm. I mean, I right now I wouldn't want to be associated with a militia group, and I'm really I'm not eligible. I'm a member of the National Guard. In fact, uh, one of the buildings they planned to blow up was very close to where I do duty once a month. That's right. That's exactly right. The armory building yeah. there. 
Yeah, that was uh, just up the hill. I imagine this is going to cause a lot of thinking there in Arizona, yeah. isn't it? A lot of people are going to sit down and think about this. And unfortunately, it probably caused a lot of negative thinking. They've been uh, throwing a lot of liberal laws out here lately. Uh, just in Mesa, they just passed a no-smoking-anywhere-public ban, which I think is kind of a... Uh, you mean even outside? Outside, in parking lots, on the sidewalk. That's insane. Yeah. Absolutely trying to, insane. A lot of people are trying to make this like... Uh, California West. <laughs> I mean, All right, listen, I, I've, I've got to run, sir. I know you were part of the West, and now it's like you're part of California. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from the 1st of July, 1996. Somewhere in Time, tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from the 1st of July, 1996. Good morning, everybody. Well, here we go. Hi, Art. Yes, it is true. You cannot smoke in public in Mesa, Arizona. About the only place you can smoke is in your home, which may be short-lived. Only bars have an exception. My idea is that if you cannot smoke in public, then how come the stores there sell cigarettes? What do you do with them? Well, I just got a call from somebody who lives in Mesa who said, you can smoke. Actually, you can walk down the sidewalk and smoke. Is that true or not? That you can't smoke in line, even if you're outside waiting to get into a restaurant or, you know, a movie or something like that. You're not allowed to smoke. Even outside. But you, uh, I'm led to understand you can smoke on the sidewalk. Is that true? Or is that false? I guess I'd better try to hear from some people in Mesa. Let me hold open the line for Mesa. I want to talk to Mesa. Mesa people, is it true? Can you or can you not go down the sidewalk and smoke? Hmm? Uh, Art, since I didn't catch the first two hours of your show tonight, I assumed you had probably already talked about the earthquake here in the Bay Area Sunday night. Yet a caller this last hour from San Rafael said he was still waiting for it. In case you haven't heard, there was a 3.5 quake in Northern California Sunday at 9.33 p.m. It was centered seven miles north-northwest of Pacifica in the San Andreas Fracture area. I believe this would be within the 70-mile radius of San Jose, as Mr. Berkland mentioned Friday night, Tim in Foster City. Oh, yes, indeed. And I did talk about it, and yes, it is definitely a hit. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Art Bell? Yes. Hi. Hi. Um, I'm 13, and my name's Ethan, and I listen to you in um, Oregon. 13 years old, up at 3 o'clock in the morning? 
Well, it's summer. That's true. Yeah, and um, how late? I, what what time do you get up during the day? Um, well, I set my alarm for ten, but I usually sleep in till noon, one o'clock. Um, yeah, me and my friend are both like that. I see. We're going out to buy fireworks tomorrow, but you are. Yeah. Are you allowed? Can what kind of fireworks can you get up there? Um. Well, there's still one kind that um make a bang. Really. And they're called Hell's a Poppin'. They're called what? Hell's a Poppin'. Hell's a Poppin'? Yeah, and you can get them, like, in the store and stuff. Huh. Well, that's pretty good. Um, here we've got a whole bunch of ones that go bang. Yeah. My friend goes up to uh, Indian reservations, and they there they can sell whatever they want. That's right. And he gets all sorts of... M ninety, well, not M 90s like black really? hats and stuff. Oh, I haven't had a oh, I haven't had a good M eighty or ninety in a long time. Oh, we do them every year because his dad, when he was a little boy, did them all the time. So he still has a whole bunch left. No, you got to be very careful. Yep, and it's um, fun. I've been meaning to call, but I haven't tried till now because I heard that guy talk about Dr. Laura Schlesinger. Yes, uh huh. And uh, it's kind of funny because. I can hear my mom listening to it in the other room. Yes. I, every night I listen to you and she listens to her. So it's like war of the talk shows, huh? Yeah, pretty much. I try to get her to listen to you and she's tried, tried to get me to listen to her. Well, you're in the right place. Yep. Just tell her. No, you better not tell her that. Yeah. All, right, all right, thank you very much for the call and uh, take care. I have never heard Dr. Laura Schlesinger, uh, you know, so I, I really can't comment. I've never heard her. And uh, so there you are. I think she's usually on during the day, isn't she? East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Um, yeah, hi, this is Ann, and I uh, live in St. Louis. Hi, Ann. And um, I was just uh, wanting to know, how is uh, Comet doing? Oh, Comet is doing very well indeed. Good, good. Uh, I've got a picture of Comet up on the Internet. Oh, well, um, I don't have a computer. Uh, on the next newsletter, Comet will be there. Oh, great. Okay, good. I get your newsletter. There and, you go. Okay, great. And also, um, one more thing. I uh, heard that uh, Elizabeth Dole, she uh, took a leave of absence. There you so, go. Okay. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Uh, uh, there you go. Took a leave of absence from the Red Cross. So, I heard that Elizabeth Dole made an appointment with Bob Dole to discuss the campaign. She had to make an appointment with him and come into his office like anybody else to discuss the campaign. Isn't that something? Imagine that. <laughs> oh, yes. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Yes, uh, I wanted to comment on the, uh, the Mesa. Uh, Are you in Mesa? I'm in Phoenix, which uh, Mesa is a suburb of Phoenix. That's right. And uh, I wanted just to mention that the undertow, I think, that nobody has mentioned about Mesa is the Mormon temple. Um, there is uh, quite an influence in Mesa. Uh, yeah, but look, that's true. There's a lot of Mormons there. A lot of Mormons here. But um, uh, even up in Salt Lake City, you can smoke. Well, sure. But, uh, you know, I don't know other than the fact that uh, some of that is attributable to the, uh, to the Mormon church and their Puritan values. Well, then you would think they would have similar laws up in Salt Lake City. Well, maybe, maybe you will have. But, I mean, first in Mesa? But 
First of all, uh, as I understand it, you, you cannot smoke on the street. Really? Only in the car and in your home. Really? And uh, I have a... An I'm, 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 see, I'm getting conflicting information uh, on that. Keith, uh, uh, Keith, who runs my webpage, called me. He lives in Mesa, and he was trying to defend Mesa. And he said, oh, no, you can smoke on the sidewalk. No, I, I don't think that's uh, accurate at all. From what I've heard, the only two places that you can smoke are in your car mm. and uh, uh, in your home. Any other place is prohibited. I have an 82-year-old mother who is blessed with good health. Uh, she smokes, and she, uh, she absolutely will not go into Mesa anymore. She found herself in a store, in a retail store, realized it was Mesa, and walked out. She uh, likewise wow. won't even drive. She tries to drive around Mesa now. But just wanted to mention the fact All right, that I'll tell you what. I'm going to open the line for people in Mesa. We'll go right to the heart of the problem and find out how Well, that? I hope you hear uh, from a lot more people in Mesa. All right. Uh, no even though it's predominantly, uh, it may not be predominantly Mormon any uh, anymore because it has such a, a huge growth, uh, nevertheless, the predominant politics and who runs the town are the Mormons. It has to do with their uh, uh, Puritan values. And I, I really uh, uh, appreciate the Mormons. I think they have a lot of fine values in their so religion and everything. Uh, so I'm not criticizing them for that purpose, but I do believe that that has an influence. All right, thank you. Well, maybe it does. Who knows? We'll be right back. <laughs> Somewhere in Time with Art Bell continues, courtesy of Premier Networks. All right, um, I hereby restrict my West of the Rockies line to people in Mesa only. Mesa, 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 anybody not in Mesa, do not call that number. If you're in Mesa, call now at 1-800-618-8255. Let us straighten this out now. 1-800-618-8255. Is it or is it not true that you can smoke or not? Can you not smoke on the sidewalk walking down the street? Yes or no? Mesa, Arizona only. Good morning. Are you in Mesa? Hello there. No, you're not. See? Somebody calling, trying to sneak in. That line is hereby restricted to Mesa, Arizona. Are you in Mesa, Arizona? Yes. You are? I'm Jeremy from Mesa. Jeremy from Mesa. Yes. Okay, Jeremy, what is the story? Well, it's my understanding that it is publicly restricted as far as on the street, uh, anywhere but as the lady you just spoke to, um, in your house and in your car. That's the understanding I have of the law that took effect uh, as of July 1st. July 1st? In other words, as of yesterday? Uh, correct. Oh, man. All right. I, I appreciate the call. That's that's one. You've got to be kidding. How can they do that? How can they do that? On the sidewalk? Well, let's... let's uh, hello there. Are you in Mesa? No, I was calling from Salt Lake, actually. Uh, okay. Um, are you guys allowed to smoke in Salt Lake? No, we are not allowed to smoke in any public places, which... Uh, how how about going down the sidewalk? 
Walking down the sidewalk would be considered a public place. It's not strictly enforced, however. All right, do you have your radio on? Yes, I do. I'm no, sorry. Turn it, turn it off, please. It's really a pain in the neck. Okay. That's better. So I just you had, had mentioned that uh, why start in Mesa and the whole state of Utah, uh, it is illegal to smoke in any public place. What? Yes. As of when? Oh, uh, years ago. Well, that's it. I'm not coming up to Utah. Yeah, well, uh, you know, that happens, and they were worried about that with the Olympics coming yep. in 2002 and with all the uh, odd liquor laws up here. Mm -hmm. But um, you can smoke in private clubs, which is what a bar has to be in order to serve alcohol. You have to be a member of that club. Really? Yes. Wow. So I just I wanted to let you know about that. All right. I, so it I, may I, have been some Mormon influence down there. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? All right, thank you. All right, that line is now restricted to Mesa, Arizona. I'm bound and determined to find out the truth. Can you or can you not smoke on a sidewalk in Mesa, Arizona? Hello, are you in Mesa, Arizona? You're on the air. Hello? No, you're not. See, people trying to cheat. I want people in Mesa, Arizona only. 1-800-618-8255. Hello, are you in Mesa, Arizona? Yeah. Well, you're on the air. Cool. Um, yeah, it's true that you can't smoke in public places. Does that mean the sidewalk? Oh, um, yes. It does? I believe so. I mean, actually, I heard like 60 to 70 feet from any type of building that what? you can't smoke. What? Yeah, I'm serious. I don't even know what the fines are if you're caught smoking, but... <laughs> what do they do to you? I have no idea. Do they... Perhaps they put you in a block and whip you? <laughs> um, well, Mesa, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you. Uh, there's another person who claims he's in Mesa. I wish I knew a good test so I could really know if people are in Mesa. How can I know? Make them name a landmark or something. That's what I'll do. Good morning. Are you in Mesa, Arizona? Uh, yes, I am. You are? Yes, what is your first name? Dave. Dave, name a uh, famous landmark in Mesa so I can know you're really in Mesa. Oh, well, you caught me. You're, you're not in Mesa. What a, see? Total jerk. Total jerk. Lying his butt off just to get on the air. West of the Rockies, are you in Mesa, Arizona? Hello there. No, see, another, another wannabe. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Uh, yes, sir. Concerning making laws. Yes. In different places, they have different laws. That's a true statement. Okay, but now the Bible never changes, Art, but these laws the, the Bible? of man, they change. Well, so it would seem, yes. So so it's according to where you are and according to well, whoever's know, but, enforcing the So law. then where in the Bible does it say you can't smoke? And nowhere. Yeah, there you are. Uh, it's not in there. Yeah, but there's a lot of other things that's not in there also that people try to say is in there, you know. But anyway, the Bible is the, the Bible is the way to go, Art. We need to. Well, when Moses brought the Ten Commandments down, did it say anything about smoking? No, sir. No, it didn't. All uh, right, Art. I tell you, when it comes down to these political groups, you know, you have the left and you have the right, but you have the center of the road, which is the kingdom that Christ set up. Now, we should be under that kingdom, and we should... Trying try to tell me that Christ was a middle-of-the-roader, huh? Sure, he set up a kingdom. All right, sir, thank you. But it should have been well, a kingdom. should have been a democracy. 
<laughs> Good morning. Are you in Mesa, Arizona? No. See? Mesa only. I'm telling you. Mesa only. At 1-800-618-8255. And I will make you prove you're in Mesa. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Are you in Mesa? Yes, he's listening to his radio. Another pretender. Uh, east of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hello, Art. Yes. Uh, Art, I'm from uh, Minneapolis. Minneapolis, all right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I want to discuss political things with you. What political things? Well, a few nights ago, you had a caller that said Newt Gingrich's budget. You remember that? That said what? Uh, on Newt Gingrich's budget. What about it? A minute and a half, uh, kids are starving. Oh, yes. Uh, the Newt Gingrich budget never went through. I know, but, you know, that that's what he accused. He accused it, but the budget never went through, so how could the kids be starving? Well, they're, they're, they're theoretically starving. No, but he was blaming it on Newt Gingrich. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. I think I said at the time it was ridiculous. Well, yes, you did. Uh -huh. But uh, the point was that the budget had never been passed. Uh, it's a good point, sir. Thank you. Yes, indeed. Correct. Uh, west of the Rockies, are you in Mesa? Yes, I am, sir. Okay. Is your radio off? Yes, it is. Can you name a famous landmark in Mesa? Mesa Community College, which I currently attend. Good enough. All right. You should know what is the current law in Mesa as of July 1st. It is that you cannot smoke on the streets at all, either. You can only smoke in your car and in your house. Are you sure of and that? And it did start today. Really? Yes. That's Which is weird because Mesa I... is uh, very much a part of the quickening because it has, especially uh, Mesa Community College. Yes. There's lots of drugs and lots of kids running around and stuff like that. And it's. Uh, Does this mean only cigarettes or can you walk down the streets of Mesa smoking a joint? Well, no, of course not. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Thank um, you, sir. I'll see you later. Thank you. All right. So there is somebody from Mesa who says it's true. You can't even smoke on the sidewalk. You can't smoke on the street in Mesa. Wow. Woo. That is that is a little Nazi-like for my taste. That's what I said to Keith. He said, well, I've been called that before. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it's an inside joke. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. How you doing, Art? Where are you in Mesa? I'm about a half a mile from Mesa Amphitheater, just going into work. All right. Well, that that means you're really in Mesa. All right. So is is what everybody's saying true? It sure is. Uh, the way I understand it from reading the paper and from listening to uh, uh, talk radio down here, that uh, you're got to be within if you're within 15 feet of a public building. You can't smoke, which just covers the sidewalk. Oh, oh, oh my God! So, oh my! Um, how are people in Mesa taking it? Well, I guess the non-smokers, uh, for the most part, the non-smokers are just kind of figures that everybody else is just blowing smoke. I suppose <laughs> uh, a lot of the smokers are really ticked off about it. I I used to smoke. I don't smoke anymore, and uh, I really think it's none of their business. If you know, if somebody wants to walk down the sidewalk, what are they going to do? I mean, if they catch somebody smoking on the sidewalk, what are they going to do to them? <laughs> sidewalk police, I don't know. Maybe. In Mesa, who knows what they're going to do. I don't know how they're going to enforce it. It's just... It's well, screwy law. I'm saddened it's part of the quickening. Yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, there's another Mesa call. Well, you know what my schedule is. God, no smoking on the sidewalk? You've got to be kidding. But I guess you're not. <laughs> Unbelievable. 
East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Hey. Hey. Bell, this is Clint from Stevens Point, Wisconsin. Again. Yes, sir. Hey, about them guys out there in Arizona, I'm just, I'm glad they caught them before it got, you know, into another standoff situation and stuff like that. Well, or worse yet, until a, a bunch of innocent people were killed. Really? Uh, another thing you guys are talking about, weird, dumb laws. Um, the city of Madison, Wisconsin, last week, I guess it was, passed a law that said no intoxicated people can be in bars. <laughs> Absolutely true, I swear to God. <laughs> so, in other words, it does not matter whether you've got a designated driver or not, you can't get drunk in a bar? That's right. They can't even, uh, the bartenders were all told not to serve uh, intoxicated people in the bars. <laughs> I wonder how they make that judgment. I I don't know. I wonder how they can enforce it. You know, where are you supposed to go to drink now? Either you're home or you can't be on the street because that's public drunkenness. And well, maybe the, the bars will have to have a little breathalyzer machine right there by the door. Yeah. And every time you finish your drink, you've got to go over. And once you reach a certain level, they've got to say no. Yeah, there you go. Um, another thing, I listened to you on uh, 1110 out of Omaha, Nebraska up here, but it comes in real... Real in and out sometimes. Do you know of a, a local affiliate up north here? Maybe I could pick you up a little better. Well, where are you? Stevens Point, Wisconsin. Stevens Point. Um, let me see. It seems to me that uh, WSPO in Steven, Stevens Point carries the show. Okay, cool. That's uh, 11, or excuse me, 1010 on the dial. 1010. Yep. Thanks, sir. You're welcome, sir. Take care right there in your own town. And you're straining to hear it from a long ways away, huh? All right, well, I've taken enough calls that I guess I believe what I'm hearing. So there you are. You've got to be careful what you vote for. This is Premier Networks. That was Art Bell hosting Coast to Coast AM on this Somewhere in Time. who says he's too damn close to Mesa, writes the following. Yes, it is true. You cannot smoke in Mesa except in your car or your home. Outside is forbidden also. There is a $200 fine if you're caught more than once. Yikes. They're going for soft enforcement now. Warnings and such at the moment. KFYI has been making fun of Mesa all day long on the broadcast. No kidding. 
Although the restaurants and bars will lose patrons, also bowling alleys and such, it does not matter to Mesa Gestapo. They've already lost several conventions that have canceled. We used to go to Mesa restaurants, but no more, of course. As I said, he signs it, Richard, too damn close to Mesa. Oh, Mesa, what have you done? Hello, Art. Mesa lost two conventions months ago when they found out the ban had passed. The conventions were small, but indicative of things to come. One was $24,000, the other $120,000. Well, that's pretty big. The weak-minded sheep support these bans because they like to impose their lifestyles on everybody else's freedom. They will someday find out this was just a test on social manipulation. For, for instance, how to control the minds of people. Maybe divide this country by targeting and singling out lifestyles, then planting the seed of hate through the government-run media. What's next? How about fat people buying fatty foods? That's a good point. Or maybe in Mesa, if you're too skinny, they will know that you're smoking and you will be under arrest because we all know that when people stop, they gain weight. Man. That's awful. I mean, that really sucks. Uh, the way I understand it, uh, going down the sidewalk in the city of Mesa, which is a pretty big city, you can't smoke. That's crazy. What has happened to us? Have we lost our collective minds? I'm telling you. The end is near. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi, Art. Hello. Hi. Uh, I was just calling about the smoking laws. Yes, sir. And I used to work down in L.A. County, and you're talking about the fines. Back in the 80s when I quit smoking, uh, the reason why I quit smoking was partly because of the fines. You got caught smoking in buildings, it was a $100 fine. Second well, violation, $200. Third violation, $300. Fourth violation, and they yeah. do to you what the Saudis did to That's those right. four guys over there. <laughs> Lop your head off. Exactly. Now so, let me see you light one up. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. Used to be in the old days, before they were going to execute you, you were allowed to have a last cigarette. Oh, now it's against the law. I guess so, huh? That's right, so... <laughs> Anyway, that that you like that information. Don't come to California for smoker. Yeah, all right. Thank you. <laughs> okay, thanks. All right, uh, or this. Hi, Art. I think this smoking ban in Mesa will make a good test for the U.S. Supreme Court. Yeah, me too. Dave in La Mesa, California. Me too. I mean, this is basic freedom. When you're talking about sidewalk outside, then you're talking about basic freedom, as far as I'm concerned. You know, this shouldn't be anybody's business. Mesa, you screwed up. I can understand inside public buildings, okay. Even restaurants, if you want to get crazy, okay. But outside on the sidewalk, in the city, oh, come on. Oh, come on, folks. First time caller line, you're on the air. Uh, yes, this is Brad in, in Mesa, Arizona. Hey, Brad. Yes, I was just calling on the, uh, on the smokers law. They have the, uh, the law is in effect as of July 1st. Um, I'm, I'm told it's not really going to be heavily enforced. Uh, Are you a smoker? Uh, no, not anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, but the fact is, if, if they wanted to enforce it, they could. They have a lot of bicycle patrol. They have a lot of police on bicycles, so it would be easy to drive up on somebody and slap a ticket on them. Uh, it is going to be a $200 fine after the second offense. Yikes. <laughs> so either huh. Mesa wants to make a lot of money, because the population is over 300,000 in Mesa right now. I wonder how the police there feel about having to... In 
you know, look out for smokers, stop them, ticket them, uh, warn them even once, and then ticket them. If I catch you doing that again, son, it's going to be the big house. You know, whatever it is they're going to do. I wonder how the cops in Mesa... Now I want to hear from a Mesa cop. Well, I'm sure you'll get you'll get one online. All, All right. Quick, uh, All right, quick... I hereby restrict my West of the Rockies line for a Mesa cop. <laughs> I have a quick uh, comment on one of the uh, C-Crane... <laughs> yes, sir. C-Crane um, radios. I bought one of the uh, the TV band radios. Oh, yes. The small one. Yeah, the TV radio, they call it. Mm -hmm. Excellent reception. Of course. And when I get to say one thing, they don't. you don't really mention about the durability of it. I no, was uh, it's, driving it's, to work one day. I know, it's built like a tank. It, it is beautiful. I dropped it off of my motorcycle going about 60 miles an hour. Yeah. It was a little scratched up. None of the buttons were broken, and it works fine to this day. And you, you dropped it doing 60 miles an hour? Yeah, down the highway on my motorcycle. I went back to find it on the side of the road all scratched up, and it's it's working beautiful. <laughs> Pretty cool. Okay, well, thank you. Thank you for the call. I hereby restrict my West of the Rockies line for a Mesa cop. How about it? Let's hear from you. 1-800-618-8255. Everybody else hang up. I will ask you I, I will ask you a key question so I know that you're telling the truth. Let's see what can I ask. Something about the, the Mesa Police Department. I guess. Hmm. I want a Mesa cop. Everybody else hang up. One I wonder how they feel about enforcing something like this. The smoking police. The number is 1-800-618-8255 if you're a Mesa cop. If you're not, don't call. Only Mesa cops. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from the 1st of July, 1996. To Mesa, Arizona, and a security guard. Is that right? Yes, sir. Um, I work in. I live in the city of Mesa, but I work in the city of Tempe. So right. I know exactly, and from firsthand today, uh, how this smoking law has affected people. Uh, and I have the Arizona Republic in front of me that uh, states what uh, can, what you can and can't do about smoking in Mesa. Did did Benson do a cartoon on it? Uh, no, there is there is no cartoon uh, about huh. Benson on this. I see. Okay, uh, what it says in here is no smoking in restaurants or pool halls, and no more congregating near front doors by smokers. How can you not smoke in a pool hall? Um, Everybody knows that the pool bone and the smoking bone go together. Okay. Well, what it states here uh, is that. Um, Every uh, full-service bar uh, or establishment with a Class 6 license is allowed to have smokers, okay? It's a Class 6 license. A Class 6 um, uh, liquor license. Oh. Okay. And where it also says that establishments with a Class 7 liquor license and Class 12 liquor license are not allowed to have smokers. Well, I don't know what all that means, so... Okay. Well, um... It, it, it's, uh, now, so how would you like to be, if you were a, a cop, 
their yeah. enemies instead of a security guard. And you had to arrest people for smoking. Yeah. Would I would feel kind of foolish. Would you? I smoke myself. Oh. And I smoke uh, proudly, we'll say that. Uh, and um, Not in Mesa, I bet you don't. Oh, well, it's not going to stop me. In fact, uh, according to the article in the paper here, that uh, I bet people are going to be high shoes and well, yeah, definitely. Uh, but what, according to the paper here, it says um, that you're not allowed to smoke in front of a business. Okay, a public. Business, well, okay, if you're downtown, you're always in front of some kind of well, business. Well, they can. You can stretch this as far as saying, well, I'm on the edge of the sidewalk next to the road. I am not directly in front of this business. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm not window shopping. I'm not right next to your business. Uh, I'm not at your front door. I am in an area where it really does not affect anybody by my secondhand smoking. And that's what Proposition 200, the smoking law, is actually all about. And I bet they could arrest you and say, tell it to the judge. And I would fight tooth and nail every the, every way for it. All right, sir. Thank you very much for the call. You're on the air coast to coast AM with Art Bell. Hello? How you doing? Hi there. I'm going to turn the radio down. Yes, please. Where are you uh, Where are you calling from? Oh, just about uh, 60 degrees north near the Alberta Northwest Territories border. Yes, sir. I, uh, I'm in total withdrawal. I've been stuck up here uh, a little bit too far out of range of most of your stations down there for a while, and uh, I'm going crazy. You're the best thing that's happened to this part of the Internet in a long time, man. Oh, are you hearing it on the Internet? Oh, yeah. Well, and, you mean uh, you're you're so far up? Uh, how far up are you? Oh, probably about oh seven hundred miles north of the forty ninth, at least. I see. Oh, that's way up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're doing pretty good. Listen, uh, I'd really like to address, you know, the people that are that are beefing about smoking and uh, and all that. I mean, we get forest fires. <laughs> we get a lot of things that contaminate, you know, one's body. Yeah. I really have a hard time understanding how how. They would actually care about that when uh, we got by, you know, the antibiotics are not working as good anymore. There are so many more things coming up. Are they bored? Are they that bored? Maybe. That that they have to pick on the little thing. I'm sorry, but if uh, if you're going to do that, you might as well outlaw BMX riding. No, I, I agree with you, sir. Thank you very much for the call. I mean, I, I picture people hiding behind dipsy dumpsters. You probably see a big bush with smoke slowly rising out of it. It's going to be rough in Mesa. Rough, I'm telling you. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hi, Art. Hello. This is Nick, Mesa, Arizona. Hello, Nick. Last time I saw you, we were heading for Hong Kong. Uh, oh, uh, that's right. You get a little bit of misinformation on that, uh, our smoke-free <laughs> early monsoon of the valley. Yeah. A little misinformation. It's not against a lot of smoke on the street. What they have removed is ashtrays, or, or your smoking areas outside of buildings waiting to get in. From yeah. all your government offices, all your... Okay, but uh, everybody's been calling and saying not within so many feet of a public building, like a you know a store or whatever. Yes, sir, you're, you're right. Well, that would include the sidewalk in front of the building. Well, you know what, what I'm talking about is... So then if you're, walking... wa if you're walking along the sidewalk, you are constantly walking in front of buildings. Well, of course, but... It's not what the law is. Is when when we leave our office to go out and have a smoke. Yeah. Cannot do that anymore. You can't. Those smoking areas are banned. 
Really? Right. But we can walk down the street uh, huffing and puffing. Well, not from what I'm hearing. Well, it, you're getting a little bit mis misinformation. I have the article in front of me. I'm, I've read the, I read the paper. I, I just got off work. But again, I say, uh, if you walk down the sidewalk in Mesa, in the city, and you're walking in front of public buildings, you're technically in violation of the law. Well, not legally. I, don't, I wouldn't believe so. I don't... Uh, well, how many feet from a public building must you be? Well, what what the the ordinance says? Yes. If your out you know your outstanding areas where your smoking areas are, where if you and I we're going to take a break, so we go outside and smoke, those are they, those are no longer exist. All right, sir. I appreciate it, but you're not being clear. And to me, it does sound like if you're X number of, in other words, if you're going along the sidewalk, you are consistently passing in front of public buildings. And the law says, within so many feet of a public building. Oh, I'll tell you, it's going to be rough times in Mason. People hiding. Smoke drifting out of unlikely places. People who previously have been able to come out of their office building into the fresh air and smoke now can't. <laughs> Wild card line, you're on the air. Well, hi, RKEX Portland. What a thrill to get through. Hey, it's been a long time. It sure has, my friend. Uh, listen, uh, just a quick comment on the smoking. I think that guy from Alaska was right. I, I think there's going to be more of this type of asinine laws because uh, they can't really do anything about the real problems. But just a quick report uh, from Oregon, a very liberal state. I don't understand the anomaly, but as of uh, midnight, July 1st, I believe we are the first state in the nation to have instant uh, gun checks. You buy them right over the counter now. Well, that's wonderful. Right over the counter. It's a five-minute phone call. If you're clear and you haven't been in a bug house or uh, you're not a felon, bam, you got the gun, you walk out the door. That's the way it ought to be. Okay, pal. Keep up the good work. Thank you, my friend. Bye -bye. Take care. That's the way it ought to be. Uh, you know, this waiting thing is ridiculous. I'm all for checks. I don't want to sell guns to felons. But they can check. And it is now my understanding that those states that have established instant checks can sell instant guns, and there's no reason not to. You have a God-given right to self-protection. And nobody can take that. Nobody on earth, in, as far as I am concerned, or in government, can take that away from you, or should. To me, the Second Amendment is clear. If you want to buy a gun, you ought to be able to buy a gun. And I think when all the fighting is ended, uh, it's going to end up to be that way. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Uh, hi, this is John from Spokane. Hi, John. Uh, hi. Uh, I just thought of something. Um, the uh, descriptions you're giving, smoking, smoke coming out of bushes and stuff, <laughs> Yeah. it's starting to sound like uh, what pot smokers go through. Uh, a little bit, yes. Uh -huh, a little bit, I suppose so. And uh, I'm thinking this is going to make people who smoke tobacco uh, kind of, um, well, realize what it's like to smoke pot, in essence. Well, I suppose they'll get a taste of it, so to speak. Yeah. And um, I think that a lot of the smokers that supported uh, Nancy Reagan are going to start, uh, well, they're going to start seeing that the ball they got started rolling is rolling back over them and uh i wonder if you're allowed to smoke in a mesa jail probably not huh i don't know but i can imagine an awful lot of 
tobacco smokings in the next uh, uh, couple of weeks or months. You mean civil disobedience? Yeah, you know, like uh, hundreds of thousands, well, not, maybe hundreds of smokers, smoke, you know, lighting up, so to speak, uh, in front of the police station. No. And, 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 saying, and, saying, and saying, we, we, we want to turn ourselves in. You know, you know, like, <laughs> Here are my cigarettes, cuff me. Well, you know, maybe uh, if there were 2,000 smokers, yeah. Lighting up in front of a jail that had 150, 200 cells, <laughs> and you know we want to turn ourselves in. <laughs> yeah. You know, smokers from around the country bussing in. <laughs> well, just a thought. Yes, and a good one, sir. Thank you. Uh, we need that question answered. Can you smoke in a Mesa jail? If you are arrested as a smoker, you know, after the $200 fine or whatever, and then you're thrown in the Mesa pokey, can you smoke there? Probably not, huh? Or is it hypocritical? Can you have a smoke in the Mesa jail? Who knows? West, uh, no, make that wild card line. You're on the air. Hey, Rittmeister Gerhard, Oakland, California. Yes, Hypemeister. I uh, recognize what this last guy was saying. As a uh, pot smoker myself, but not ever a tobacco smoker, um, I can attest to the fact that uh, your aim improves considerably after a couple of tokes, you know. I don't know what it does after tobacco, but uh, that guy had a good point. And I think that, you know, smokers' rights, people, no matter what they smoke, we can all sort of join hands and march arm-in-arm arm down the street to do, defeat the fascist police state. Uh, well, you know, remember, fascists are leftists. To defeat the fascist police state... And, uh, hey, I'm also not surprised that uh, this might have something to do with a religion, i.e. the Mormons. Think so? I, uh, this was the gist that I got, that, you know, the Mormons are no smoking, no drinking. Well, they are. That's uh, and the guy that said that Mesa is like, heavily Mormonized, I, you know, this doesn't surprise me at all. I'm, I'm well, not surprised. Well, it does, it does. Say. All right, Hypemeister, thank you. It does surprise me. I mean, to me, it's going too far. Too far. Too far. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hello, hello. Yes, who is it? Turn that radio down. All right. Yes, That's who is it? Where, uh, who are you expecting? Our bell. Bingo. Yes, I just wanted to tell you, uh, this is Kevin out of Pulaski, Tennessee. Pulaski, Tennessee. I was going to guess that. Uh, you got a great show, and I've always enjoyed it. I've been listening to you for the last three years. Yes, sir. And I really enjoyed your show. Well, That's I've, basically what I wanted to tell you. Well, I'll tell you what. I have never had Pulaski, Tennessee, take, Pulaski, Tennessee take the honors before. In fact, I've never even had a call from Pulaski, Tennessee, now that I think about it. Do you know what the honors are? Yeah, yes, I do. Well, do it. Good night, America. From Pulaski, Tennessee, he says, good night, America. And from the high desert, I just can't believe it. Mesa, Arizona, they've gone crazy down there. Ah, oh, well, from the high desert where you can still smoke them if you got them. Good night, America.